Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A voicemail from Joe Biden to Hunter Biden has leaked. And it shows that Joe was calling, trying to talk to his son about his business dealings with China, <laughs> something he's repeat- repeatedly denied, saying he's never talked to Hunter about his business deals or anything like that. Wow. So corrupt. And the expo, uh, uh, the exposés keep coming because of Hunter Biden's laptop. I'm uh, just going to start counting down until all the media outlets come out and say it's fake news. It's not really Joe Biden. It must be a deep fake. Whatever. It's being reported by a NewsGuard certified outlet, so we will be reporting it. We also have big news. One million Democrats over the past year have quit the party and joined the Republicans. I think it's simple. I think people are quitting and joining the Republicans because the Democrats have lost their minds. However, some people fear what's actually happening is that Democrats are jumping parties in order to screw over Republicans in their primaries, which is just weird. So, so I suppose we'll talk about that. Plus... We've got this crazy story. People are freaking out over a bunch of these LGBTQIA2 plus flags lining uh, uh, some streets in the UK, which just generally kind of freaky. And then we have, uh, man, this one's crazy. Well, I'll, I'll just put it this way. Instead of focusing on CNN and the psychotic things they've said, we've got the executive branch outright rejecting the uh, judicial branch, the legislative branch doing the exact same thing at the highest levels of government. The, the federal government is being ripped apart over Roe v. Wade, and uh, it's getting crazy. But don't forget to go to TimCast.com, become a member, support our work directly. We put up an exclusive members-only show Monday through Thursday, and as a member, you will get access to that. You'll be supporting our journalists and our endeavors as we expand the operation. We're going to be working on some documentaries. Those are pretty expensive, but with your support, we can make it happen. And you're supporting our infrastructure. We are, we are supporting companies that are building resilient systems to fight back against censorship. So support that alternate market. Don't support big tech. I know we're on YouTube, but we're working on a bunch of things right now. I can't say too much. With that being said, to uh, oh, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show. And with that being said, we are joined today by Greg Ellis. Greg, who are you? Who am I? I'm Greg Ellis. Uh, <laughs> Star of Pirates of the Caribbean. There you go. Yeah. Yes. And a few other movies. A and few things. other movies. Yes. What's your, what's, what's, what's like the biggest or your favorite movie you've been in? I think the Pirates movies were fun. That's cool. Uh, Because you get to travel the world and you get to, you know, play with swords and, you know, tap into all of that kid stuff. Rehearse with Penelope Cruz. We won't tell that story. (laughs) Please don't tell that. Did you guys shoot a lot on the boats? Uh, yeah, in fact, the first movie that we filmed, it was, uh, we, we, the first scenes we filmed were in San Pedro. Uh, and then the budget went up a little bit and we were able to actually go to the Caribbean and, uh, around the, around the world, yeah. So, so you've also written quite a bit. You've uh, covered extensively the Johnny Depp issue, I, I understand, or? Yeah, I wrote a book called The Respondent, Exposing the Cartel of Family Law, where I kind of talk about the legal system and family law in general and, uh, you know, the one branch of our legal system that doesn't provide a presumption of innocence or due process, mm-hmm. uh, which should, uh, yep. family law. And, um, the silver bullet, the false allegation of DV, which was used against Johnny in 2016, um, 
um and uh been following that case and talk about that a lot and obviously you know we've we've seen the, the jury's verdict and um hopefully we'll bring about change you know right on well thanks for joining us it should be fun we Good also got you. Seamus Coglin. Seamus Coglin. I'm Seamus Coglin wearing the same shirt you guys saw me wearing on Friday <laughs> right. I know pretty terrible <laughs> but I promise I wasn't wearing it all weekend we were traveling things got crazy we were out in New York it was a wonderful time I'm Seamus Coglin. Of Freedom Tunes, we make animated cartoons, release one every week. We actually released two last week. And I just launched a website called FreedomTunes.com. If you guys want to go over there for five bucks a month, you'll get an extra cartoon each week. And you will also be supporting independent content and helping us get uh, free from big tech. Awesome. Hot. Hey guys, back from New York City. If you didn't see the show, we did the uh, Minds Festival of Ideas. And if you want to see the show, you can at Festival.Minds.com. Not, of course, now after the show. Uh, there's James, a link from there. James O'Keefe confronted Ben Burgess backstage causing this huge commotion. And then on our panel, the whole thing was like this argument. You should have been there. It was like WWF, like oh, old man. school well, WWE now. <laughs> Poor Tulsi. It was hot. And She's Tulsi sitting between them like, just what like, is what is going on? Where It was wonderful. Wonderful. Bill, thanks for putting it on and the whole Minds crew and the Beacon Theater, everybody. It was just a fantastic event. It was great. Great to be there. I, I'm looking forward to the next one. Uh, and uh we'll see you soon all right i am also here in the corner pushing buttons i realize i never introduced myself either i am lydia i'm sarah patch lids all i do is push buttons and bring on the guests we're gonna have a great show i'm super excited to have greg ellis i i, I realized a while ago like i never say my name yeah i was like wait ever. i don't either like, i never introduce myself <laughs> i'm just like no welcome to the show how are they gonna know that your name's tim yeah i don't know. know maybe yeah. i don't know my last name oh, whatever <laughs> all right everybody let's jump into this first story uh, you know, we were originally going to lead with the big political story, but then I was like, no way. We got to talk about this leaked audio. This is crazy. From the Daily Mail exclusive, quote, I think you're clear. Yeah, what does that mean? Hmm. Voicemail from Joe Biden to Hunter about New York Times report on his Chinese business dealings proves he did speak to his son about his relationship with criminal dubbed the spy chief of China. Oof. Yo, man, I just I I'm not surprised and I kind of don't I. Can it get any worse for Joe Biden, his legacy, his son? When this comes out and it's like, oh, here's audio of Joe Biden himself talking to his kid about his business. It's a voicemail. I'm just not surprised. And I don't know if you can move the needle from like zero to less than zero in terms of like faith in this man as president. But let's let's read a little bit more. I'm 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 um fumbling around with the mouse because of my my wrist is probably broken so uh, you'll have to bear with me as you i'm trying neural to net. navigate this this episode is brought to you by fumbly mouse that's right yeah that's right <laughs> that's our sponsor <laughs> all right so. president joe biden spoke with hunter about his business dealings with a chinese criminal and his son dubbed the spy chief of china a voicemail to his son reveals so i'll put it this way we'll play it in a second either this was the extent that joe talked to hunter he sent him a voicemail and said i think you're clear and that was it Presumably, leaving a voicemail means you intend to talk to them in greater detail. So it sounds like this is evidence he did at least try to talk to his son and brought up the issue and told him he was in the clear. I think it's circumstantial evidence. They probably had a longer conversation about it. Let me play this audio for you right now. Hey, pal, it's dad. It's 815. Um, oh. I get a chance to give me a call. Not, nothing urgent. just want to talk to you. I thought the article... At least the thing on online is going to be printed tomorrow in the Times was good. I think you're clear. And, uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. 
And that's it. So and shocking. I'm scrolling away because uh, the next autoplay is Hunter Naked, and I don't want to play that. No, wow. No, I mean, sh- shocking we, revelation that Joe Biden does know what day of the week it is. Yeah, I know. I was yeah. surprised, too. That well, that's really a four-year-old phone call, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. I oh, man. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, I got a couple issues. They frame this as it's proof. They say proof in the in the article title, which it's evidence, like you said, circumstantial no, evidence. No, this is proof. Well, it could have been doctored, which doesn't sound like it was. Could have been doctored. No. And also, there's no... Context. What is he even talking about? You're in the clear. What's he talking about? I don't know. Not from I read the voicemail. The, so, so I'll put it this way. Perhaps um, I would be willing to entertain the Daily Mail is completely lying to us about this. But the Daily Mail has the laptop. They've been, they've been going through it. The emails have been verified at the very least. The New York Times has confirmed this. It's a question of do you trust your source? Well, NewsGuard says the Daily Mail is certified as not publishing false news. And what more can I say? If they say that they got this audio, they know the timestamp on it. They know when this uh, article came out, what it was about. I think they've done their work and they've they've made the assessment. Now you can choose not to believe it. That's fine. Some people some, sometimes news outlets lie, and uh, quite frequently, in fact. I think this is more likely than not absolutely true, especially considering we already know that Hunt, that Joe Biden lied about this. Joe Biden was talking, you know, asked like, do you, you know, Hunter Biden, the business dealings? And he's like, oh, I don't talk to him about any of this stuff. And then photos emerged of Joe with Hunter and his associates playing golf or something. It's like, come on, dude. We know you're lying. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's right. How did Daily Mail make the association here that he was talking about these Chinese associates when he said you're in the clear? From like, how do they make the extrapolation from the voicemail? Joe called Hunter on December 12th, 2018, saying that he wanted to talk to him about, uh, uh, talk to him after reading a New York Times story about Hunter's dealings with the Chinese oil giant. Perhaps there's more to the call or more calls they didn't release. Perhaps they simply know the timestamp happened right when a big story specifically around the article. Yeah. He did mention an article. Yeah. He said it in the, Mm. in the text. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, like Joe actually said, just give me a call. Nothing urgent. Just want to talk, uh, talk to you. He says, I read the article released online. It's going to be printed tomorrow, A15, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think, I think Ian brings up a good point, you know, but, but I'm just going to say, I, I'm, I believe the Daily Mail, uh, did their due diligence and they, they have this stuff from the laptop. We know the laptop's real. Is it true but, that Joe Biden flew Hunter to China on Air Force Two? Yes. So, okay. For him to be flying his son to ch- China around the world, putting him on the board of Burisma, this energy company in Ukraine, and well, I don't, I don't want to say Joe Biden put him on that. Board. Okay, maybe he didn't, but to say that he, that this is hap- that he's on the board, that he's been flown to China. I mean, he's flown to China, but that he's not involved with his business somehow is insane. I mean, that's 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 involvement if you're flying the guy there. Well, they shared a bank account. Mm-hmm. Is this right? confirmed? That's I've heard this. That's completely insane. I, Tim said it multiple yeah, times we, on air. I know that we um we have this phone call, which is great, but it just seems to me at this point we should be able to have an investigation. There should have been an investigation before this came out. There will be when he's right. not president, I would imagine. You think so? I don't know. If people want it, the political persecution or if we just should do it regardless of political persecution ideals, like it just needs to be investigated because a sitting president My first thought was what, what, what you said, you know, a little bit skeptical, but I'm, I'm still reeling from the fact that I think that audio is doctored because that's, that's Joe Biden stringing together quite a co- coherent sentence. Right. Um, without any, <laughs> that's good evidence. It's not real. It's not real, yeah. <laughs> right? If the Daily Mail was really trying to fabricate it, they needed to make him say, come on, man, a couple times. <laughs> Maybe some gibberish words. Or for, <laughs> gibberish, or, or, or. Word salad. <laughs> word salad. Yeah, yeah. And then I'd believe it. No, but it was four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. he's only gotten worse since then. And, um, you know, the thing about Joe is that he, when you get old like him, you can probably handle a few hours a day. But it's, what is it called? Sundowning or sunsetting? Sundowning, yeah. yep. Sundowning as like, 
you're awake for a few hours, you're spry, and then within a couple hours, you're just ready for naps. Yeah, so that you happens gotta, to me now. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. oh, wow. I'm sorry, yeah. Seamus. <laughs> maybe you need more vitamin B. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. B12, B6. Maybe. <laughs> well, maybe the healthy aging support of collagen. There you go. Oh, <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, wait, someone <laughs> tell me more about that. <laughs> I know, right? That's right. <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks for watching the show, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Flavorless. Yeah, yeah. It's really good. I have some in my coffee right now, by the way. My dad's been taking collagen. Apparently, it's extremely good for your skin. Mm -hmm. He's had skin reparations in his older, and he's like, he's Mm. 70, and he's like, man, my cuts are healing better now. Dude, look at this from NBC News. They say, at the time, it seemed mildly noteworthy, but not particularly unusual. Then Vice President (laughs) Joe Biden traveling to China on an official visit, bringing his son on Air Force Two. Hmm. So it's like, yo, this family is corrupt, and- We've known this. Yeah, I know. That's why I, that's why I almost didn't want to lead with this story, and I was like, you know, oh yeah, more more leaks about Joe Biden being dirty, hmm. and shocking. What's next? What yeah. happens if if there is more evidence comes out? I mean, what would you all want to happen? Oh, to he you? should be impeached outright, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. had uh, um, Troy Nails on, congressman from Texas, and uh, I asked him. I was like, this might be a hard question, but should the Republicans win in November? Will you impeach Joe Biden without me skipping a beat? He's like, yes, of course, absolutely. Joe Biden has done so much that the very least is circumstantial evidence war or probable cause warning a very serious investigation. I think what we know about what, what, what Joe Biden's done is completely impeachable. And if not, I mean criminal. So, you know, we saw the, uh, the Democrats come out and say that Donald Trump engaged in a quid pro quo with Ukraine. Was it with, yeah, it was with Ukraine to try and dig up dirt on Joe Biden. The reality of the story is that Donald Trump uncovered Joe Biden engaging in a quid pro quo with Ukraine to fire a prosecutor who happened to have been investigating the company where Joe Biden's son was working. I'm not saying he did it because his son was working there, but those things are all facts. That alone is like Joe Biden should be impeached. He's on video saying he did it. He's laughing about it. But he didn't do it while he was president. So can you impeach a president for something they did before they were president? He was vice president. Yes. Well, I mean, he's lying about it. Absolutely. 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 He should be investigated for it. Mm-hmm. The, the the assumption is the and now he's giving how many billions of dollars to Ukraine? So I mean that's just right there. The United States being like, oh, we got to give seventy billion dollars to Ukraine. Oh, geez, I wonder why. Maybe it's because it's payback now. Where the Je- president's son was on the board of an energy company, and the president's sending money to the com- to the country. This is so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's just remarkable that we know these things to be true, but this country is so full of vapid, angry, ignorant, and arrogant people. That we are stuck here with him as president. What do you do? I mean, what's he, he's going to tell us to go back to the crown, is what he's. Going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I say, I challenge you to a duel, you people. <laughs> you people. <laughs> All you sorts of people. I don't know who you are. Um, no, I think you know from the moment. I mean, I followed the primaries, and and it was clear to me that that Joe Biden didn't stand a chance, and it was the DNC. Who pick, I mean, they picked him. Yeah. You know, he was. I think he was fourth place in mm-hmm. Carolina or whatever. So, you know, and then, you know, to pick Kamala as the, as the vice president and to pick her because she's, quote, a black woman. It's like, well, why don't you just pick the best person? And even if it happens to be a woman who happens to be black, just let that just be there. And she can take some delight in. But we, you know, same with the Supreme Court nominee. Uh, it just it it's all I don't know it's, I'm English it's, it's, it's devoid of of, of principle <laughs> well, yeah of course and logic well so Biden had promised if I'm not mistaken that he was going to select a woman of color to be his vice he did. president that was yeah. the debate with Bernie wasn't it when he yeah. said that yeah and part of what's so hilarious about that is he obviously did it to pander to progressives.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But I don't know a progressive who can stand Kamala Harris. I know. I don't know anyone so that's ever the told me they liked her. Pick. Exactly. Uh, I, I, I met a lady and she was like, I love Kamala. And I was like, why? You're the uh, only person. It's her laugh, isn't it? It's so endearing. It is very, it's very contagious. Yeah. I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> it's like Hillary was bad and then Kamala comes along. What's up with that? Uh, they're like, it's because you hate women. That's what's up with right. it, bro. Oh, yeah. right. What is a woman? Yeah. Oh, they, oh, with, oh. No idea. With Hillary, it was <laughs> <laughs> If you ask Kamala, you know what you... <laughs> The Hillary thing was, well, the Obama thing was there was identity politics about him being like the first black president, I think. And he was like, you know, half black, half white, whatever. But then the the identity politics really started grinding with Hillary Clinton when they were like, I'm with her. It was all about mm. her. I mean, not that you could say I'm with him, I'm with him, but you wouldn't know which him they're talking true. about. Maybe it was just, but it seemed very much like it's her time. It's her time. And it wasn't like it's her time. It's her time. It's about the fact that which is such she, an embarrassing thing to say. Like, like mom said, I can play video games now. Okay. Like, it's it's her time. Like, it's her turn. This is just something she's just in line for. It's funny because, like, with the Roe v. Wade decision getting overturned, I was just like, you know, this is Hillary Clinton's fault, right? Mm. Like, so uh, you know the the old parable of this this frog and the scorpion. Mm-hmm. There's a funny meme I posted where it's like the frog says, "But now we will surely both drown," and the scorpion says, "LOL, LMAO." I just thought that was hilarious because, like. But uh, it's basically, you know, the the frog. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you know the story. The frog is like vaguely. There's a river, and the scorpion's like, "Help me across the I'm river." And the frog's like, "No, you'll sting me." And he's like, "Nah, I won't, because then we'll both die." And then the scorpion jumps on it. The frog's like, "Okay, good point." Fro- scorpion jumps on his back. They start swimming. The scorpion stings him, and the frog's like, "But now we'll both die." And he says, "Yes, but it is in my nature." Something like that. Right. So, like, Donald Trump got three conservative Supreme Court justices. That is exactly what you would expect the Republicans to do if they won. We, we knew that's what they wanted to do. They said they wanted to do it. So how do you prevent that? Well, Hillary Clinton was how you make it happen. People despise that woman. And so when Bernie Sanders was rising in popularity, the Democrats were like, better to nuke everything about our platform because it's Hillary's turn and Bernie's bad than to allow, you know, than, than to, to allow Bernie to win. Imagine being Hillary Clinton. And you couldn't beat Donald Trump, and then you see Joe Biden do it. Oh, like, oh man, <laughs> that's wow. got a herder. Especially that's with him herder. not campaigning. Yeah, yeah, not- like literally hiding in a basement. What did Trump call him, Joe Hyden? Yeah. <laughs> beautiful, oh. beautiful. That's great, yeah. He was learning his lines, yeah. right? So the VP, <laughs> the VP uh, tra- traditionally, right, be, be, runs for president. Can you see that happening with um with? Uh, <laughs> Oh, yeah, that well, you're yeah. right. It, well, it is an interesting, but it is an She would also go, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you mentioned that, that the VP usually runs for president. Isn't it interesting that Joe didn't after well, they, the Obama administration? They said it was be- because his son died. Mm. Okay, that's that's understandable. But uh, they didn't want Bernie to win because mm. that was like an insurgency. But, you know, if Hillary, if, if Ruth Bader Ginsburg retired, this wouldn't have happened. <clears throat> Roberts uh, would have been on the side of keeping Roe v. Wade. She could have retired. Uh, Obama could have appointed a liberal justice. Maybe, I mean, you know, some a lot of people said that, and I'm kind of like, yeah, maybe not, because McConnell still blocked Garland anyway. Mm-hmm. So there's, if I don't think Obama could have got anybody in. 
If Maybe if she retired <clears throat> very early on. But the issue is simple. If Hillary did not run, Trump would not have won. No, like Ber- if, if, yeah, if Bernie would have won. But, but not even Bernie, like anyone else. It's like Trump won by, I think, 88,000 votes across three states, which gave him a big electoral college lead. Hillary Clinton, it was her turn. She wanted it. Everybody should be yelling at her. Or the I'm DNC. Sti- I'm still getting over the fact that the, the man who was on a reality show went, you're fired every week, became, <laughs> pro- I mean, that, did that, that really happen? And here we are now with this teleprompter president who, who really, you know, I've said for some time, he, he looks like he's just not cognitively all there. He doesn't just look like it. He acts yeah, like it. Yeah, yeah. And he talks like it. And if it lock, if it talks like a duck, walks like a duck, but you got a duck. Yeah, 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 no, it's true. Quack, quack. If the president speaks like he's mentally impaired, walks like he's mentally impaired, and has an expression on his face like he's mentally impaired. We're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, isn't, this isn't a partisan thing either. This isn't like, you know, no. the, 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 like, you, I would think that the, it is. You, it's partisan. Well, it is, but it shouldn't be. Yeah. I mean, it's just a rational, reasonable, you look at this, either it's an intravenous drip of vodka from seven in the morning or, or <laughs> right. there's something cognitively in decline with his brain. And I don't say that in a mean spirited way, but he literally can't string a sentence together with that. And then occasionally the, the rashes of temper. I mean, yeah. when he was on the campaign trail, there was yeah. that work on the, sh- on the uh, factory floor who was yeah. just asking him about, about, about uh, I think it was assault weapons Guns. and he was like in his face and losing it there was just a you know what it is it's when people have uh, like dementia that's right or Alzheimer's rage can occur because their brain isn't giving them access to the information they need and it's very frustrating it's very frustrating to have someone say something to know you know the answer, but be mm. unable to put it together, so you just start very quickly being, I'm just angry. Like, I can't do this. Yeah. Do you think those around him are, like, close and is in a circle are aware and know something that we don't about a medical diagnosis, or, or they just think, oh, he's just older and a bit doddery? No, oh, come him. on. They know more than they we gotta do. Know. Yeah. 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 Like, know. I, I think there may be a diagnosis. I don't know. But it's not a secret. Everybody knows this guy's brain is completely fried. And he's the president of the United States of America. He should be relieved of command. His, his surrender in Afghanistan was the, it was the largest military blunder in American history, I think. Probably. It lost, I mean, honestly, there's a, there's a lot of mistakes we made in the United States, but I kind of agree. Abandoning Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night without informing the Afghan security forces and letting it get get looted by the citizens is just like beyond. How does that happen? How does that happen with all of the chain of command? I mean, the generals along the way. Isn't someone going to speak up? And well, there's two. There's two ideas. One is the more conspiratorial. They did it on purpose. But then you need a bunch of evidence. I think the simple the simple answer is Joe Biden sitting in the Situation Room, and his eyes are half closed. He's going. And then everyone's sitting around him, and they're all looking at each other like, do I do something? You heard him. We what got you, what you, like, No, no. They're just like, should I should I do something? What do I do? No, no. He didn't say it. I don't know what to do. Let's just get out of here. And they just get up and walk out, and they're like, I have no idea. No idea what to do. And so they just it's just chaos. It's also possible that Joe Biden says, you know, we know that he was speaking to, I think, the G7, and he kept saying Libya instead of Syria. <laughs> It's possible he was saying, he meant to say, you got to evacuate the civilian airport. And he said, military airport, because his brain doesn't work. And they went, okay. For all we know, he was like, you gotta, you know, we gotta, gotta get people out of there. You gotta, uh, you gotta, you gotta evacuate the, uh, airport, uh, c- civilians, you know? But wouldn't someone have pushed back and said, Mr. President, we can't, I mean, that, that, that happens, doesn't it? It's supposed Maybe. to. Maybe. 
But maybe I, I got to be honest. I can imagine Joe Biden saying something. We've seen him speak. Imagine his situation. What do we do, sir? You gotta, you gotta get the, use the airport. You got to evacuate. You got to get them out. You know, the civilians. And then they're like, the civilian airport, get them out, get them out. I'm like, okay. I think you're being kind. I, I think he made a bad military command. He, he thought that because we being said. Kind, we, I'm saying his brain screwed up. Because we said we were going to be out by a certain date. He was like, he virtue signaling. Okay, we said we were going to do it. Let's follow through. Even if 100,000 people die with their heads cut off. Uh, let's do what we said we're going to. Dude, it's wartime. You lie in war. You do what you need to do to get these people safe. And this guy is not capable. Mm. I'm just saying I think, like, you've got two airports, the military and the civilian. And he very easily could have said the wrong word. And then he gets angry. And so when someone said, sir, you, do you mean to evacuate the Bagram? Just do it. Come on, man. And they're like, okay, okay, whatever. And then the military leaders, we've seen the Joint Chiefs, they're woke and stupid. So they're probably just like, I, I'm willing to bet mm. we have filled, the government is full of careerists who are just like, I am not going to stick my neck out. I'm going to give my mm. few years that I have to do to get the medals, and then I'm out. Whatever Biden says is on him, not me. Just do it. No point in getting fired. Mm. Right? You got a crackpot as the president. He'll just go, what are you going to do right? You're fired. And it's like, okay. People, I'm not. I'm not doing it. Just do what he says. People got, him. got to listen to Tim Kennedy talk to Rogan about this because Tim went to Afghanistan with like uh, worked with. I think it was the the U.S. Department of Defense, or he worked with the government to pull pull people out after the the bedlam began of the surrender and the madness. And the media showed us like the planes coming in, the planes going out. You see people falling out of the planes that are trying to hang on for their life. But what it didn't show is the surrounding area outside of the airport where people were getting cut up, where women were trying to get their babies inside and they couldn't. So they were throwing them over what was barbed wire. It, it's, And it was happening in mass for weeks. He was there for two weeks, 10 days, and he said it just kept getting worse the longer he was there. And then he left. Maybe maybe the issue is this. You know, does, does it really matter why it happened, but it happened? Mm. And it's Joe Biden's leadership that has failed us. And there's no reason to try and make excuses for why it happened other than to say, this guy's got to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got to be impeached convicted yeah some people are like but then you get kamala and i'm like i don't know is ruthless better or worse than deranged mm. it's right? better better way better i feel I, I feel like it's this way uh, kamala harris may gut and loot the system for her personal benefit but the system has to exist for her for her to benefit from Good it point. Good joe point. biden's deranged his son's a crackhead and it's like well he could burn the whole place down playing with matches so it's like two years of the crazy lady who's gonna loot the coffers for herself at least she needs the coffers to still exist. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I just want everyone to consider the fact that this is someone who, given their mental state, should not be trusted with a butter knife. <laughs> and true. he has access to the button. <laughs> he killed so many this, people. He's given, serious. <laughs> he's given, like, a plastic circle to butter his bread. Like, when he's doing <laughs> arts and crafts, I hope they give him kid scissors. Yeah. I hope he has, like, the plastic ones. And you know he's doing arts that and crafts. would be a great cartoon. <laughs> where he's like, dang, scissors won't cut paper. Oh, what are you me? Come on. <laughs> and they're like, Joe, you know you can't have metal scissors. Oh, come, come on. on. <laughs> well, let's, let's jump to the story we have from uh, TimCast.com. More than one million voters, one million, leave Democrats and switch to GOP. Democrats urge Biden to change course to avoid being demolished in the midterms. Okay. With 134 days into the midterm elections, no outcome is guaranteed. But the new data is a fresh warning to Democrats. Now, many people are arguing that this is Democrats joining the GOP to sabotage the primaries. Perhaps. 
I think that's probably a tiny fraction of it. Mm. I think people don't don't think like that. The average person wakes up, they go to their job at the bodega or at the mall or the restaurant or they're a carpenter or a tradesman, and they're not sitting there thinking like, how can I sabotage the rival political party? They're just like, why is my gas so expensive? Right. I'm voting Republican this time. And that's it. What do you think? Why do you think people are quitting the party? I think, well, I've, I think, you know, driving up here, I was thinking about Youngkin and what happened with him uh, in Virginia. And I think people, that, that vote transcended politics. I think parents through COVID had seen for the first mm. time the education system, the disarray of that, the introduction of CRT to young kids and, um, you know, sex ed to six, seven, eight-year-olds. And they were just done, just done. And their values uh, just had it. So I think, um, you know, you can only drink so much Coca-Cola before before you get you know you just passed it and over it i mean i was woke about seven years ago and you you have to break through beyond that pre-existing belief system and you do when you finally see enough of it and you go this is nonsense this i'm being fed propaganda not news and and this ideological extremism postmodern progressive whatever you want to call it this intersectionality is so out there the, you know, I so said before, you know, I didn't leave the left, the left left me. And where did it leave me? In, in kind of limbo. Going, well, well, am I, because I can remain in England. We don't have to affiliate. We don't have to, I'm not a registered anything in England. But in America, it's, you know, it's obviously a very different uh, system. And I just think, um, people have had it. They've just had enough. We you know, po- no, 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 please. I was going to say, it's funny that, you know, Elon Musk posts that meme of the left moving further and further left. And that was Colin Wright's meme, by the way. Right, exactly, uh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Colin. I've yeah. said this. You've said it. Elon Musk is saying it. I just don't understand. At what point will the Democrats, will the liberals on the left realize there is a recurring pattern here where a whole bunch of people are like, the left is leaving me behind. And they're like, so what? Okay. Seamus is exactly where he's always been as a conservative. Pretty much. I've moved a bit over the years on different things. I've actually probably, yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to be more libertarian, but yeah, pretty much. The the point is. Socially, for sure. If, with that Colin Wright meme posted by Elon, if we as like former left liberals are now being left behind, politically we are closer to conservatives than the modern left. What do they think is going to happen in terms of the vote? They'll cease to exist. They're, they're, they're lopping themselves off from political discourse. I think what they, what we're seeing here, and it's interesting that you mentioned Youngkin and those parents, because I think what they've done, possibly without realizing it, or maybe without caring about it, is they've turned parents, just writ, writ large, they've turned parents into a voting block. And I don't think they've realized how unbelievably damaging this is going to be to them. It's insane. <laughs> because they have. They've done it, and they've turned them all against them. And they've told them, you're terrorists. Go away. We don't want to hear what you have to say. We have your kids now. Well, well, we see as well, I think, from the alphabet, you know, the, the identity politics eventually devours itself. And that's what we're seeing with the LGBT. You know, it goes on and on and on, and they're fighting amongst themselves. And, and it's that, you know, I don't know. The liberal elites, though, they're just going to keep... You know, living in the ivory towers and making money and pretending and purporting to be fighting for, you know, the working man and disimpoverished neighborhoods. And when really it's quite the opposite that's going on. That's what I see. We live in the upside downs with a lot of moral hypocrisy seems to be rife at the moment. There's a this podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back. 
real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Bill Crystal, right? He's a neocon. <laughs> and he tweeted out something about how the Supreme Court is extreme or radicalized for overturning Roe v. Wade. When he actually wrote something like 25 years ago, an article saying Roe must go. So how is it that the neocons of, of, of eight years ago all of a sudden are just agreeing with Democrats? Here's an example. The Lincoln Project. We are going to restore the party of Lincoln from, you know, after Donald Trump. Donald Trump loses and they go, we're, we're basically Democrats. We're, we're just here to rag on Republicans. Come on. So these people who claim to be Republicans claim to support these values are now all of a sudden supporting democratic policy and values. Like Jennifer Rubin's a great example, conservative writer. And all of a sudden she's like, yay, Stacey Abrams, yay, Democrats. And it's like, do you have principles or are you just grifting? Realistically, Democrat and Republican are just jackets. Uh, anyone, just because you're wearing a coat with a name on it, a word on it, doesn't mean that it's going to make you think a different way. doesn't matter what you call yourself. But those they do, people are those people. They are thinking a different way. Bill Crystal is, is it, always looking for – I mean he was a proponent of the war in Iraq. He loved right. the inv- invasion and conquest. And now Democrats have a, a, a – they have a higher approval rating for George mm-hmm. W. Bush than, than Republicans do for some reason. But you have uh, – my point is these people are exposing themselves as never having actually believed in anything. Like, oh, Roe is bad. It's like, bro, you wrote the article on why Roe must go. And now all of a sudden you're saying it's bad? Yeah, it's because you didn't like Trump. You didn't want to be a part of that. So you joined the Democrats. That's it. Now, now your idea, your ideology was always immaterial, irrelevant. You were just claiming to support things for the sake of making money. That's it. When you have that, you have the Democrats looking to young people and saying, we got to get their vote. What do we do? And they say, well, these people are in favor of a lot of really weird things, you know, like they're castrating kids. And the Democrats are like, will we get the vote? And they're like, yeah, but you're probably going to lose all the rest of them. They're like, let's go for it. Now you have Loudoun County parents electing Youngkin because they're like, I'm out. Whatever this is, is nuts. I don't want to be involved in it. I think people are switching parties for that reason. And I think the narrative of it's to sabotage Republicans is, is nonsense. I, I think some do, but I think it's a minority, tiny, tiny fraction. I agree with that. And, and you know, Loudoun County, I, I saw some of those school board hearings. They were, n- I mean, talk about nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was one, I think it was one guy who was entering and he got tackled to the ground and handcuffed and, and he was made out to be some kind of, you know, neo-Nazi, alt-right, crazy person. When then you look into the story, you find out that he was actually, his daughter was uh, yep. allegedly raped in the restroom by... I think it was uh, proven that she was, right? Right, maybe, yeah. Okay. And and that's the kind of thing where I think parents are looking at that and going, you know what, no, enough. 
You know, you don't, you, the state shouldn't or the, or the government shouldn't step in and tell a parent how to raise their kid and our kids should be safe and that's values. Yeah. And I think the values of, of America, um, I mean, you know, I have conversations with, you know, both sides and in the middle and there just seems to be more reasonable civil discourse with people on the right. You know? So we, we had this event in uh, New York just as, on Saturday. It was fun. Uh, the Festival of Ideas put on by Minds.com. And that, that is the idea. Can we bring together, you know, different factions, different people to, to come and talk about these issues? And the answer is, no, you can't. And I think the reason, no, you can't, is because the moral framework of the two factions has become so at odds with each other that you can bring people together, but they cannot. Well, I should say this. I think the left can't understand the right, but the right can understand the left. So I'll give you the mm. example of the challenge. We had a panel. It was uh, uh, James O'Keefe, Tulsi Gabbard, Ben Burgess of Jacobin. He's a socialist writer. I think he's a socialist. I don't want to, but he writes for a socialist magazine. And uh, uh, and I were on this panel before the uh, before the show, like literally minutes. James confronts Ben Burgess about a video edit saying that he cut out this important piece and challenged Ben on it. And Ben Burgess's response was, "I don't know." His response at the time. When we were on stage, we we're supposed to be talking about media manipulation, and I think Ben perfectly exemplified the divide. James O'Keefe said, in this video, X happened, and you omitted it. Ben said, unions are important and good, and if you don't support unions, you don't support free speech. Therefore, James O'Keefe exposing a union was harmful to them, and that means what he was doing was bad. And then I, my attitude was, my, my response was, that has nothing to do with truth or journalism. You've started your argument from the, from the point of an, from an ideological point. Unions are good. James targeted unions. James is bad. That's not journalism. Mm-hmm. The question is, is James telling the truth? That was the issue. Is he being deceptive or not? And the answer is no, you're just mad because he did something damaging to your ideological cause. This is a writer for a major publication. I think Jacobin's fairly good. They, they defend free speech. I can respect that. But that exemplified the problem perfectly. The corporate press, the woke, like AOC said, it doesn't matter if you're factually correct. It matters if you're morally correct. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between us and them. And that's yeah. called ad hominem. Uh, it's a fallacy. It's a, it's a, diplomatic fallacy if you attack someone's character that's called like if you make a comment I'm like well you you wear green and everyone knows that's the ugliest color which is right attack the argument not the the character but this this is is not that this is james o'keefe said thing happened thing is true ben said but thing is bad for unions and unions are good therefore you are bad and i i'm not that that's not ad hominem that is like or your work is bad your journalism is deceptive and wrong because harming unions which are important for the people yeah, he attacked his his work ethic. Yeah, well, no, no, no. Well, the point is, that. you're either saying a dog jumps out a window, and a journalist will say dog jumped out a window, and an ideologue ideologue will say the dog was thrown out the window by an evil person, because that's the moral good to condemn those who raised the dog in a system of oppression that resulted in him jumping out the window mm. in fear. Yeah, it's like no, that didn't happen. Someone, the dog just jumped. I don't know. There's a point you made earlier. I kind of want to seize on for a moment here. You mentioned that conservatives know more about how the left thinks than the left knows about how the right thinks. And this is a point we've made a number of times. I think this has also been 
verified by different studies where they polled people on the left and asked them to describe conservative opinions, asked people on the right to do the same thing. One thing we don't talk about as much is the fact that left-wing people also don't understand the way that people who they consider to be their allies think. They don't understand the way the people who they claim to represent think. They literally do not take the time to figure out what anyone else in the world believes. They think they have all the world's problems solved with their ideology. So whenever it comes to women uh, or the black community or any other group, you know, the Islamic community for whom they claim to advocate, they're constantly pushing for ideas that members of that group generally don't like. So I've said this before, uh, on the BLM website, there was language about abolishing the nuclear family, right? And when you look at BLM and when you look at how black and brown have been included on the pride flag to include Black Lives Matter, well, when it comes to the question of homosexuality, according to polling data, the black community is more conservative than the white community, right? What about women? Well, they seem to think that for women, liberation means... You know, going into the workplace, having an OnlyFans, you know, stripping, selling nude pictures of yourself. This is not how most women think. And then when it comes to Islam, they want to be able to lump Islam into a category with these other groups as if Islamic religious fundamentalists have the same goals or interests as these other groups. My point is they make zero effort to understand what anyone else wants or what anyone else thinks. It's not there, just conservatives. They're complete solipsists. There was a, in the UK, I can remember the neighborhood or the area, the city, there was an LGBT curriculum in a classroom in a Muslim neighborhood. So all of the religious Muslims came out protesting. And you actually had this video where it's like a gay guy saying like, I'm doing this for you. And they're like, we don't like you and we don't like what you're doing. But these, these, these leftists have created this narrative where they're the saviors of all these different groups. There was one thing that happened where some TV show depicted a female Muslim character who was gay. Yep. And oh, the Muslim yeah. community went, was an outroar. Mm -hmm. Like uh, it was, they were in an uproar. Like this is offensive to us. It's like, did you think that going against their strong religious conservative Muslim values would make them like you. Yeah, well, exactly. And so I think part of the reason they would do that is to kind of like groom the Western Muslim community into adopting more of their values. I remember when that happened, I did a cartoon poking fun at the idea, and there were actually a number of Muslim people, because it was funny, the whole idea behind the cartoon was just like the left just seeing groups of people as caricatures, and so there were some jokes in there about like Islam and what the left's doing, but the feedback I got from Muslim people is that they really liked it, even though it was poking some fun, they're like poking fun at the ideas of the stereotypes because they're so sick and tired of the left claiming that they're like their avatar or pawn, you know, or rep and represent them somehow. Like the Muslim community is like in any way emblematic of what the left's goals are. Uh, we talked about a little bit before the show, Greg, I was mentioning to you that I think they call it the left, even people that call themselves leftists, because they want to project this idea that they're half of the conversation when in fact it's a very small group of, without making too many generalizations, drugged out people that are on like Adderall and other amphetamines since they were 12 or whatever. I don't know how many of them there are, but a lot of people are on those like suicide watch type people. And they have a microphone. So everyone else, they're inside this like echo chamber house of fun mirrors and, and they see around and they see all these other deranged people. And then they think if they can, if they can somehow help the deranged people, then they're helping the entire system. But it's just, they're just like scratching their own 
backs and everyone else can see inside. It's a one-way system. We can all see them doing it. At least most people that are aware of the media and the manipulation stuff that are watching around that stuff can tell the the transgender like cutting up a kid's genitals when they're nine is probably not very good for the kid. Have you have you seen all of these performative outrage videos over Roe v. Wade? No, I haven't seen there, any. So there's uh, women like screaming, like ah, and they're like punching pillows and things like that. They're all very obviously performative for two reasons. They've set up their camera, pressed record, stood back. And then started screaming. So they planned it. It wasn't a true display of emotion. It was just, there's one video where you see one woman like banging a pillow on the ground. And it starts with a brief, her looking at the camera and then going. Someone's moving the camera and filming her. And then she stops and then pauses for a second looking at the camera. Very clearly an edited performance. People see that and say, oh, if I'm to fit in, I need to be angry about this. They don't know why they're angry. They were just told to be. Billy Joe Armstrong goes on stage and he's like, I'm renouncing my citizenship because people are so stupid. And he's probably not gonna. I would be very surprised if he literally renounced his citizenship. It's a complicated process. I doubt he's going to go to the consulate and be like, yes, here's my signature, my official form of renunciate, renunciation. And I would like to have a meeting with the uh, American consulate <laughs> officer to swear my, like, it's not something you just do. So I really doubt he's going to, he's going to go back. He's going to smoke pot and go like, what was I going to do again? But when he goes on stage and says this, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'm angry too. I don't know why, but the guy on stage said to be. They see all the videos. These young women see the videos getting likes. So they make more videos like this to get attention. They don't actually know what they're protesting. They don't even know what Roe v. Wade did. Mm -mm. They don't know why it was overturned. So they just say, it's the handmaid's tale. Get your Bible out of my body. And it's like they didn't overturn this on any religious grounds at all. Well, part of what, know. part of what I they think is, uh, well, and that's also because this is another example of, of the left not knowing how anyone else thinks, not knowing how to frame an issue. They think that this is just a matter of like some small minority of religious fundamentalists who want to ban abortion <laughs> and that there are no reasons outside of, you know, divine revelation to want to oppose abortion. But also, uh, they think that, I think some of them really seem to think that abortion has been criminalized nationwide because of this. This is part of what's so funny about, um, Armstrong, Billy Joe Armstrong, yeah. Yeah. Uh, saying that he's going to renounce his citizenship. Many blue states are still going to have abortion laws which are more lenient than the ones in Europe. Mm -hmm. And in the UK so, particularly. Yeah. It's, so he's going to be moving to a country that probably has stricter abortion laws than the state he's fleeing. And it has right. a king. Well, it has a queen. <laughs> a yeah, mama. I know. It's it, That's insane. He could move to Colorado where there's zero restrictions. Instead, the UK, the UK has like a de facto abortion because the women can be like, my mental health is affected and mm. they'll give him the abortion. But you still need a process, whereas in Colorado, you don't. And he's complaining. It's like, dude, the states are like, like how big is the UK? You know, like com 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 comparable to what state? Ooh, that's a good question. I wouldn't hazard a guess, but quite small compared to uh, <laughs> many of the states. The here. United States and all of Europe are comparable in size. Right. So the UK mm -hmm. living there would be akin to him being like, I'm moving to Colorado. It's like a different state. It does, mm -hmm. it, it's, it's crazy that Europe has no unified abortion law similar to how the United States doesn't. And there's, there's actually, I think, uh, Finland, I think it's banned outright. I could be wrong. It's like heavily restricted oh, or something. Look that up. Mo I think most states, most uh, countries in Europe, it's like 12 weeks. Yeah, at least. Mm. And they're, they're, they're decently restricted. In the United States, up until the overturning of Roe, the U.S. was way more lenient than Europe. 
Don't you think it's it's similar to you know with him just spouting this you know hey, get behind this I haven't really you know I don't have an opinion or a value on it because anyway I'm not I'm a birthing person uh, <laughs> you like to say woman these days um, you know it's like it's like I saw during COVID the new diseased until proven healthy I call it COVID woke you know it's like yeah. it's like cancel culture's guilty till proven innocent it's mm. let's just you know let's let's chant the slogan and be part of that crowd that is on the righteous side without really just investigating what well it is it is self-righteous it's 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 a it's a bunch of people with pitchforks and torches yeah and they're like i'm just here to fit in let's pull this picture we got here we got a tweet from andrew doyle take a look at this it's terrifying so um greg you're from the uk right is that, yes, I am. What, what is this? Where is this located? That looks, it looks like, well, there's a double decker bus there. It looks like it's Regent Street. It looks like south looking down Regent Street, which crosses Oxford Street. Um, but it also looks like, um, I don't know, it's, it's emblematic somewhat of, uh, for uh, those, for those that are just listening, it is probably what, like a hundred L, like pride intersex flags, five, five flags per row, ten flat, ten rows 50. deep. At least yeah, 50? At least 50. Well, it cuts around the corner, so you can't actually oh, wow, see, but yeah. you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 that can be seen. Right. So uh, quite a bit more than 50. 65 at the very least. Yeah. This is, uh, well, I, what I think, maybe you were thinking this, Greg, I'm not sure, correct me if, if I'm wrong, but this looks like, I thought this could have been a picture from Nazi Germany that was colorized, and then the, fla- the Nazi flags were superimposed with pride flags. Because it's the same. It is freaking terrifying how a bunch of I don't want. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to generalize. Ideological flags being flown. So I have a question though. Are, is, is it overreact? Is it is, it, is that an overreaction? Because I was facetiously tweeting on Twitter like it's literally Nazi Germany. Like, I don't care about the pride flags. Well, you but, know, I look at what when I go ahead. Just real quick, I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever seen an ideological flag flown to this degree in the UK like this. Never, but, but no. And what what it makes me think about is the Union Jack, the flag of England. So it was about 15, 16 years ago. I went back to England and, you know, I'd been away for a while because I live in America. I'm an American citizen now. And I mentioned flying the Union Jack, the flag of it. And, oh, no, you can't do that. You can't do that. You, you It's a symbol of racism now. I'm like, hang on a minute. The Union Jack is a symbol of race. When did that happen? You know, I grew up, my grand, my grandfather fought in the second, I'm sorry, like an old my grandfather, but he did. He fought in the second world war, you know, and he lost his firstborn son during the second world war. Well, you know, like, why can't we be patriotic? Why can't we talk about, you know, the pride for the people who give their lives and to, to afford us our freedoms? And, and I look at this and I think, well, it's not so much that flag it doesn't really, really mean that much to me it's what flag should be flying there and if it were flying there um what we would be thinking what we would be told to be thinking you know we well we can't celebrate that flag let's let's read andrew doyle's tweets uh, he said for some these flags represent diversity and inclusion but for many they symbolize an ideological movement that is hostile to gay people and women's rights opposes free speech legitimizes violence and bullying and hounds people out of their jobs if they fail to conform yeah that's right uh there was a comic shop near me um a while ago and I remember I went there and it was cool and that stuff and I bought it one day I came back and they had a big flag one of these flags in there and I was like I'm not going to go there again because these are the people that have defended murder and violence. If I went to a comic shop and they had a swastika flag, I also would be like, I'm not going to go there because these are people who have justified violence, murder, and harmed other people. And I don't trust people of this extremist ideology. 
if I'm working, if I, if I'm, if I'm on the job and I'm working politically and I have security and stuff, I have no problem interviewing Antifa or alt-right or whatever, but I'm not going to go to an establishment that flies that flag because it's legitimately an extremist organization flying the flag of an extremist ideology. Not interested. You know, going to New York this past weekend for the event, every single business was flying the flag. You come out to West Virginia and surprise, surprise, even small towns out here fly these flags. But these flags, they do not represent pride and love and inclusion. They are flown by people who have thrown Molotov cocktails through buildings. They are flown by people who have brutally beaten journalists in the street and who advocate for executions, assassinations, and revolution. They are political extremists. Now, if you agree and bend the knee to the ideology, you'll be fine. But if you stand up defiantly and say, what you did to that man in Provo, Utah, I think it was a man shot in the arm driving his car for no reason, is wrong. And they say, it was for a good cause. What you did to David Dorn was not good. They say, don't you dare defy us. It's like, okay, these people are psychopaths. And the flag of a psychotic death cult is being flown. Now, you want to come out and say that Donald Trump supporters are a death cult and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, there is there's no institutional power behind the QAnon people. None. It's like maybe maybe some high profile people, but nothing relevant in the in the modern conservative movement, libertarian and, and, and with moderates joining the ranks. It's people being like, I think people should have a right to choose in their own state how they live. Versus the left saying the federal government should impose our will over the entirety of the country. One's extremist seeking politics based on domination and the other is seeking politics based on moderation. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Unfortunately, it seems like the moderation political side is going to get crushed because they don't seek to dominate their opponents. I think there are some people who who maybe fly this flag and believe in inclusion, believe that they're believing it. But it's like a friend of mine who she was she was ultra woke and she was on the women's march and now she's kind of you know she's come she broke through that belief system let's say she doesn't have that uh that ideology that's like everyone on that side is bad and she's actually seen behind the behind the curtain that you know the mainstream media is not all it's purporting to be and it is a lot of propaganda so i think there's people that that do you think there are people that are just ignorant who do just want want, you know want to support because i have nothing against the flag when i I see the flag i don't think bad things oh well the swastika it was the wheel of life it's the hindu flower of life it's an ancient symbol of peace and the turning of growth and death and life and rebirth and it was a beautiful symbol and the Nazis believed in the purity and the wonder of Germany it was that's what the people believed in is the greatness of the fatherland and then of course the psychopath drug addict twisted it 
Yeah, that guy was on meth. Like crazy. Hitler? That dude was He was also deranged from the war. He was just right. a, a broken, mentally broken. And this is, this order. is the issue. Uh, I'm not, I, I think people need to understand too, the, the refusal to see anal- historical analogs is based on the fact that things haven't gotten that bad yet. That's, that's insane. So when you have Nazi Germany, I, I think it is a bit silly to constantly use them as the example, mm-hmm. but they were so egregious. But why don't we use communist, uh, Russia and the revolution? And that's more akin yeah. to the leftist revolution. And they had their flag and they had their symbol, the sickle and the hammer. And they executed, uh, the communism killed over a hundred million people. Only lasted six, the Soviet Union only 69 years. And look how much death, destruction and genocide they waged. And people flew their flags. Mm. People thought it was for the good, for the better. They said it's, we're fighting for the work, the workers and we're making the world a better place and we're dealing with the oppressors. And they were ruled by psychopaths. The average person who flew the flag they're not evil. They're stupid. But stupid people in large quantities are extremely dangerous. You know, Michael Malice talks about, he says, how could anyone be blackpilled? These people are so incredibly stupid. And I somewhat agree with him, but I will point out zombies are also stupid. And a 100,000 zombies marching towards you is a force to be reckoned with. That's what we're dealing with. People flying this flag are just like, I don't know, whatever. Do as you're told. Don't, don't resist. And you'll be fine. You won't be. They'll still come for you and cancel you no matter what you do. There was that author recently who made an off-color joke or something. He had to apologize. And then even though he apologized, they came after him again. That's a story. A tale as old as time. The people are flying these flags because they think everyone else thinks it's popular. No one actually knows or cares what it means. It's a, it's a mishmash of nonsense. I, I'm willing to bet. In fact, when I was in New York, people were flying the rainbow flag. And that's considered offensive now. But they didn't know that. So they were just because the, well, rain- the rainbow flags considered offensive. Yes. Why, why is that? It's exclusionary to trans people and black people. See, I mean, there you go. It's like, you know, and now we see Martina Navratilova's comment. It's, you saw what you said to me? What? She, uh, I said that, um, given that there's a higher, uh, history of mental illness among the left and that trans people have a higher rate of suicide, red flag laws will be used against them more often than against the right. And then she angrily responded that I was an idiot, that I was an a-hole, that I was making these things up and it wasn't true. And I just, it's crazy to me because... She sounds dangerous. Someone needs to, well, the police need it. I'm kidding. It takes you two seconds to just Google it. And mm-hmm. what do you get? 3,000 articles, all these different studies showing the left has higher rates of mental illness. It's a fact. It is an established scientific fact that the more liberal and left-leaning you are, the higher your rates of mental illness. I didn't make that up. She was arrogant. She was ignorant. And that's exactly the problem. She just saw what I said and said, how dare you? I'm angry. That's it. That happens a lot. I mean, to your right. point about communism and the hammer and sickle, you know, th- there are a lot of people still, we, we do, you know, the false glamour of our idolatry and our iconography. I mean, we think it's cool, but we forget at times, uh, that, you know, millions of people were slaughtered, uh, you know, during, you know, these, All the, the more. Uh, The Holodomor. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, I I was suggesting that people shouldn't be, you know, should people be glorifying the hammer and sickle? We don't glorify the swastika. I mean, you know. That's that, that, and that is something that, uh, is a failure of our education, uh, our, our culture and our institutions. And now our institutions are co-opted, so they'll never come out against it. But the sickle and hammer represents a hundred, what, 150 million dead? I mean, the, the things, the, the systemic and systematic execution of people. Mm-hmm. And what people, what, what the people on the left, I, I love this, the Occupy Wall Street people. They don't understand they're the bourgeois, the bourgeoisie. Right. But that does not mean the wealthy elites. 
it means the middle class and the proletariat, the workers, they don't realize they are the people they are advocating yeah. for their own wealth exactly. distribu- redistribution or, or being thrown in the gulags. Yeah, no, it's true. I've had that, I've had that conversation with people who are very wealthy and consider themselves to be on the left. I'm like, no, you don't it's, understand. It's, like, you are the bourgeoisie. No, 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 it's but, not extremely wealthy. It's middle class. The bourgeoisie no, but like, is like extremely wealthy people. compared to a large, pers- like the right. vast majority of the world population. These, these kids, these young people who are socialists and they make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year, I'm like, you are exactly who Marx wanted to get rid of. Hmm. They, and Stalin. Stalin's a better example because he was the one who actually did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't understand the intelligentsia, these people, the laptop class. When the, if you were in Russia, I mean, that's who they came for first. The commune already has a BuzzFeed article writer. That's right. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned the fact that the hammer and sickle is not as taboo, and it's funny because you'll see a lot of lefties flying that flag or putting it in their bios if that's edgy or interesting, but it's basically always been allowed, at least throughout my lifetime. The only way I remember communism really being addressed was with reference to the uh, quote-unquote overreaction from it in the United States. I even remember in history class in, in public school when they were explaining communism to us, of course, they mentioned that many people were killed, but they also talked about the poor people who were uh, supposedly helped by it, and we were kind of given both sides there, which is really interesting. Can you imagine if a public school teacher said, well, let's give you like both sides of this whole Nazi thing, right? He did and, ha- fix the economy, and Mussolini made the trains run on time. Yeah, and so... Yeah, I don't know if I care about those things. Exactly. And so I got to say, it probably has something to do with the fact that many people in uh, media and in academia are and have been communists for decades. Yeah, people are commenting like McCarthy was right. Well, and it's funny because people people are shocked when you say that. It's like, well, why would that not be the case? Fear of communism has always, 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 in every single instance it shows up in media, been scoffed at or laughed at. It's just a moral panic. Why were people afraid of that ideology that killed hundreds of millions of people? How silly. You, you made a funny comment earlier about the future dystopia and the flags with rainbows and stuff. Oh, was this? When was this? Just a moment ago. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, before the show started. No, I was just saying, like, for historians to look back on all the tyrannical systems throughout all of history, and then they see ours, and the flag is like, rainbows, happy, fun. <laughs> like, all of the other tyrannical regimes have these very intimidating symbols, and I was like... Happy well, fun the, time, the swastika was a beautiful. It wasn't intimidating in the beginning. It was right. the wheel of light. It was the. It was a beautiful symbol. And, and maybe it's it's because of the context, but also at the same time, like a swastika, like that black symbol inside of a, a white circle on a red flag, does look intimidating. Now. No, no, so so this is an interesting point, man. Like, it's funny that you bring up the rainbows and stuff, mm-hmm. but uh, I went to an antique shop when I was in Texas, and they had so many swastikas all over the place. And this is in Austin, and I was like, "It's Trump's America," you said. Yeah, I was like, "I was like, hey, hey, ho, ho, antique shop has got to go." And yeah. no, I'm kidding. But I asked them, I was like, "Hey, how come you have all the swastika stuff?" And they said, "In the early 1900s, it was considered a symbol of good luck and healing and all these good things. Mm. That's why the Nazis took it. So you could go around the U.S. in on the south side of Chicago where I grew up. There was a house that had a swastika. It was a two-story building, a swastika on the top." And wood blocks were hammered in to make it a square. Mm. But you could see it and you knew it was a swastika. I thought you were going to say there was a swastika on the house. And my old Argentinian neighbor insisted it was just a peace symbol. Right. And the- <laughs> you see it on like uh, buildings in downtown Chicago too in the loop. You'll see like just carved into the stone masonry swastikas all along the top. But ancient in the, symbols. In 19, it, it wasn't until World War II the symbol became something else. And they inverted it. The, 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 sim- the actual symbol is, like is that in the mirror. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So just think about that. 
everybody is putting up these good luck symbols all over the place. And then all, along comes Nazi Germany. And it wasn't until we learned of what they were doing that we were like, whoa, that symbolized mm-hmm. all this really, really bad stuff. So historians look back at it and they're like, look how evil and awful the symbol is. Mm-hmm. They'll, they may do the same that exact thing to these flags. They're not going to look at it like it was, it was pretty mm-hmm. and happy. They're going to look back and be like, wow, how evil and disgusting. Who knows? Wasn't the Nazi party originally the, the, was it the German National Socialist Workers National Party? National Socialist yeah. 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 Workers Party. That's what it was. Party, yeah. That's, That's what it, and, and Nazi was a slur. It was like they were making fun yeah. of them and stuff. Yeah. The, the German Workers Party or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but they were like their, their version of socialism was based on like race. So. It was like identitarianism. It wasn't really socialism. Some people want to say it is, but it's like it's like racial identitarian economics is something slightly different. But racial identitarian socialists. That sounds a little bit familiar. That's in what the I'm talking about, context. dude. And it's yeah. not even a joke. That's truly no, the yes, fear. Yes, 100%. The, the, well, let, me, let, me, let me put it this way, too. Sorry. These flags represent the exact same political ideology as the Nazis. Yep. Not, not, and not in the sense of what they've done or want to do. It, it covers identitarianism. Yeah. They are identitarian flags that your race or, or, uh, you know, so it, it's a flag of identitarianism. Now, how they implement it, how they feel about certain races is different, but it's an identitarian flag. That's what I mean to say. National Socialist. I think that's mm. what the Nazi stood for. YouTube keeps telling me to inject ads. They're like, don't do it. We're not doing it. Annoying. With the healthy aging support of collagen. <laughs> another, <laughs> another aspect that worries me as we talk about the allegories between the flags being flown, ideologies being, being pushed is the, the economy fa- flailing right now. Mm. Like it was in 1928, 29, yeah. right before Hitler. Isn't it funny? It's like Weimar Germany. We keep yeah, saying that. So Here we are. Right. You tell me you're going to fix it. You tell me who the enemy is and I'm, I'll follow you anywhere because I'm starving. El Salvador is looking pretty good right about now. Well, it's inev- it was Big inevitable that was going to happen with the economy, but I'm still surprised that the, re- the alarm bells aren't ringing. They don't seem to be ringing in the press that much. It's like, oh, this well, stuff. They're might- in on it. Huh? The press is in on it. That's what, and I don't have a paper trail, but that is certainly what it seems like is happening. Have you uncovered much of a paper trail? What do you mean? Between global economy and the U.S. media apparatus, CNN, Comcast. Do you mean like how Jim Cramer was telling people to buy up stocks right before the 08 crash? Or how he's like continually telling to buy when then the market crashes. Like, that's it again recently doing the set. Well, I right. think that's just in his blood, isn't it? No, I, I, look, the, the, the media sells you out and lies to you, the corporate press. And the elites along with it. I mean, come on. When I was on stage at the Minds event, I wrapped up by saying, you know, uh, Trayvon Martin's story was fabricated. They, the NBC edited the audio to make it seem sound like Zimmerman was racist. Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot. That wasn't true. Justice Millett, that wasn't true. Russia Gate, Ukraine Gate. Uh, uh, Joe Biden started his campaign. The, 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 um, the very fine people hoax. Like, it's all lies. And it always props up the establishment politicians. And their agenda. What I like now and what I think is different than 1929 is it was mass media was new then. They had radio and they just began like television and video or video and stuff, uh, film. And so they were, they all bought in. They thought it was real. Even War of the Worlds, that Orson Welles thing, people, some people I've heard thought that it was, we were actually being attacked Mm -hmm. by aliens. People didn't question the media. Like Hitler had his minister of propaganda and no one, I mean, people I don't think really quit. They just saw it. They were brainwashed. Now we know that it's brainwashing. And so we're at least aware. And so I think that's why there's so much pushback, like what you were saying earlier about Glenn Young and getting elected, people being able to see the the manipulation a lot more effectively than a hundred years ago. All right, let's 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 talk about the nightmare dystopia we are in. Because we're in one. 
you know, we, we talk about these flags being flown and we're like, well, you know, maybe it means this and maybe they'll say this in the future. I give you this tweet from the readout. Companies covering some or all travel costs for abortions. We've got City, Yelp, Bumble, Levi's, Lyft, Apple, Amazon, Starbucks, Zillow, Airbnb, PayPal, Disney, Bank of America, MasterCard, Tesla, Meta, Microsoft, Dix, Patagonia, JP Morgan, Match, DoorDash, Netflix, and Reddit. Just some of the companies that are covering the cost of abortion for their female employees for one reason. Maternity leave costs more money. Yep. Welcome to the corporate nightmare dystopia you've long been warned about. Personally, I never thought paying for women to kill their children because it's cheaper than paying for maternity leave would become a left-wing position, but here we are. I want to add, we here at TimCast will not be paying the costs for any of our employees to travel to and seek out abortions. We do, however, offer unlimited maternity and paternity leave because we trust those who are going to have to raise their family to spend as much time as they need. And then they can come back when they see fit. All they got to do is let us know and we will try and figure out how to, how to fill in because family comes first. And if every business worked that way, maternity leave, paternity leave and family comes first, we'd have a very strong, robust, healthy society. But unfortunately, corporations today are saying, look, it's going to cost us four to five grand in maternity leave. And then you got paternity leave on top. Oh, that's a new thing. I just give her the two grand for the abortion and get rid of it. Well, also, she's going to be working fewer hours, most likely. She could be because she's going to be more focused on being a mother, taking care of her child. And oh my goodness, it might even be the case that she stops working altogether to be a stay-at-home mom, and then you have to this find is... somebody else. So it, it's cynical. It's evil. They would literally rather slaughter infants than see any decline in their profits. And of course, the left <laughs> has a blind spot here. The left has a very obvious blind spot here because they see abortion as utility, which allows them consequence-free sexual access to women's bodies without any potential responsibility being incurred as a result. And so they're completely willing to support this horrific dystopian garbage because if they didn't, they would have to come to terms with how twisted and broken their worldview is. And they would also, heavens forbid, have to live in a society where they need to control their sexual urges instead of doing whatever they want whenever they want. And that's ultimately what this is all about. It's all about short-term pleasure and short-term I gotta be honest, like... It's not even about that because IUDs exist and condoms exist. It's like you don't have to control your urges. You just got to cover up. Well, that's the thing. One argument that they make is, well, what if this fails? And so there was was an interesting analysis from the Brookings Institute which came out where they were looking uh, at the – explosion in fatherlessness in the black community and one argument they made is it was actually the legalization and increased legalization of abortion prior to roe v wade and then abortion being legalized nationally after roe v wade which led to the collapse of the black family because it broke down the expectations that you should be with someone who you would have kids with what greg what do you think about the corporations oh i think we have said this before we're living in an era of woke capitalism in which companies pretend to care about social justice to sell products to people who pretend to hate capitalism and i think that (laughs) really you know just there's money in it there's money in virtue signaling there's money in faux glamour and faux communism and we're against the and i i just i i'm just sometimes frankly appalled at um the hatred the the visceral hatred towards this amazing country that i came to 28 29 years ago and afforded me um great opportunities and it's it's an i wish we could talk more about what we love uh, as much as what we hate and i think the 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 wokeification um of america is just tragic in so many respects 
It's just so amazing. I wonder how many th- these companies, when they saw the Roe v. Wade decision, they probably went, "Yeah, baby," because now we can justify not paying Ka-ching. maternity leave. Yep, Kaching. Yeah, how creepy is this? It's like every nightmare corporate. You, 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 I just, I just, it's just, I'm speechless. Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, but this is also part of what happens when you have a society which restructures itself and reorients itself away from being about virtue and, and character development and towards short-term gratification. Ultimately, that's what abortion is. It, is. it is the ultimate example of saying, all that matters is convenience. I don't care who has to get hurt as long as I'm not forced to take upon any responsibility. I, I got an idea for you, Seamus, for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's a corporate PSA from one of these companies, and they're like, we here at Apple care deeply about our employees. That's why as an employee here, if you ever encounter an unwanted pregnancy, we will cover your cost to seek an abortion. And the woman goes, what about maternity? No. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and so this is funny, right? The left says we, we need abortion because we need to guarantee a woman's right to choose. But then whenever they look at anything else that happens in the corporate world between an employer and their employee, they say this is a totally coercive relationship. People don't really have the ability uh, to choose new jobs. So this is, I mean, by their analysis, this is against women's choice because you literally have employers economically incentivizing women to kill their unborn children. That's amazing. Another another idea for a bit would be like a woman going into her supervisor and being like, I think I'm pregnant and I may need maternity leave. And he goes, have you considered aborting it? And she's like, no, I can't afford it. We got you covered. Hmm. The, uh, you guys follow that Robert Reich. Uh, is it Reich or Reich? Anyone? Anyone know for sure? Whichever uh, one's the bad one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he tweeted out, I guess, uh, July 2021. Let's get one thing straight. Freedom doesn't mean you have the right to recklessly endanger others by refusing to get vaccinated. I saw that. And then in, from like today or yesterday, he tweets out, I don't know who needs to hear this, but every, every person should have control over their own body. So he doesn't know who needs to hear it because it's him. A year ago, <laughs> he was saying, you don't have the right to refuse to get vaccinated. And then yesterday he said, you should have control over your own body. I don't understand where the disconnect is. Well, it's my body, my choice until it actually, you know, uh, it's, well, it's like, you know, it's, there's a difference when it's COVID and when it's, when it's the, there's and no that's logic. The hypo- there's no there principle. isn't any logic, you know, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not hypocrisy. Whatever benefits them is good, period. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I, I actually, you know, I, I was flying here and I saw people still wearing masks. I don't think people are afraid of COVID anymore. They're afraid of, of others knowing, I think, what, what COVID revealed about themselves. And, you know, that whole, that whole situation, that two years of plus of COVID to me was, I mean, I called it right at the start, the pandemic, not the pandemic. Um, you know, the, 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 there was this, this sense of, um, you know, taking away our rights. And if we let them take away our rights during emergencies, they're going to continue to manufacture emergencies mm-hmm. to take away our rights. And I, you know, to me, I'm, I'm, I'm British. I didn't grow up here, but I see this lack of people actually getting it. Like, well, the, the, the freedom of speech is one, another thing. I see in the UK, they have hate speech laws. There are, the police forces are trolling the internet and arresting, go, knocking on people's doors and pulling them in and, 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 and charging them with crimes for things they've said. Yep. I mean, freedom of expression. Like, you know, as long as there's no incitement of violence, say what you want. You know, we don't have to agree, um, but it's, it's, it is dystopia. I mean, you called it. It's this dystopia that people just seem to, many people don't seem with, to be getting. And it's with, and these are all the companies that change their, their Twitter avatars to rainbow flags. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't, they don't care about you. Yep. They're gutting the system. So there was, uh, in New York City and San Francisco, there were stampedes at their pride events. 
Um, I think in New York, someone lit up fireworks. I'm not sure. It might, might have been both places. And then people stampeded out screaming, thinking, thinking there was a shooting. I was like, at these photos and these videos of this stuff, and I'm just like, at some point, they, I don't, I don't know if they ever were about celebrating love. It's, you look at the videos. You don't think this, ever? I don't know if ever, not in my lifetime. Right. Not in my really? lifetime. Yeah, my, my family owned a cafe on the north side of Chicago, and my, I wasn't allowed to go outside during Pride. Because it's debauchery. It's nude people doing things to each other, and just like things children shouldn't see. And so my mom would be like, hey, Pride is this weekend, don't go outside, and we're gonna, you know, just keep him in the back, don't let him see. And then I remember I had to go out one time, and, and I saw it, I was a little kid. Nude women, nude men, doing things inappropriate around children, people dancing around, skipping through the street naked. There's viral videos going around right now of, of a man wearing a Bugs Bunny mask, totally naked, dancing, jumping through the street. I saw that, and I'm 54, and I don't want to see that. There's a video of a, an old man with a big gut and tidy whities twerking in front of, like, children. And it's like, that's not about love. It's just not about love Why, and being proud of yourself. These parents taking their kids out to see... To s- the same people who saluted, uh, uh, you know, whichever corrupt ideology, be it the red salute or otherwise. I, I have family members and friends that I, I couldn't believe it a few years ago seeing a march to the street do the red salute. They're like, oh, it just means black power. And I'm like, and the, and the, and the Roman salute meant white power. You're doing an identitarian salute to a, to a fascist or authoritarian regime. Like, I don't care what you think you're doing. You're, you're in a death cult. And you've lost your mind. There was a march in, in, I think the UK a couple of weekends ago, maybe last weekend. And, uh, and the chant was Ho Chi Minh Che Guevara Stalin, Ho Chi Minh Che. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you, you're walking through this. And I think they're just blindly chanting catchphrases and, you know, going back to communism yes. and with no understanding of history. But then it's no surprise given the educational system, given the fact that we're burning books and we're bl- knocking down statues and we're not learning any lessons from history or we're not relearning the lessons from history that they taught us and history taught us. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what we know from history. That's the sad reality. We watched them tear down the statues. We knew what would happen when they did. We learned the lessons from 1984. They were renaming streets. That's one of the lessons. And we watched them do it. In New York, they illegally painted Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Tower, seizing taxpayer dollars to do it. And corrupt police officers blindly and stupidly defended it and arrested those who challenged it. The governments in these cities have become overtly corrupt. The institutions are overtly corrupt. We are watching it happen. And we know exactly what it means in the turn of a century when people are tearing down statues and replacing them with idea with with their own ideology and not being held accountable the next steps are obvious if we stay on a comparable track to the 1900s and everyone knows it i know it Seamus knows it you know it people have talked about it ad nauseum the tearing down of statues the renaming of streets 1984 is here Merrick Garland rejecting the ruling from the Supreme Court. The DOJ arresting Republicans. The front runner in, in Michigan was arrested. We have a, a former Trump senior DOJ official, Jeffrey Clark, raided by the FBI. James O'Keefe, a news organization, admittedly, according to the FBI, raided by the feds. The federal government has been weaponized and is going after people who oppose their ideology. They've been tearing down statues and doing all of the corrupt things we expect. And that's it. We know it's happening. So what next? What is next? I mean, what do, so people listening to this are watching to go, well, what do I do? What no. can I do? There's a possibility right now that, um, in November the Republicans win. And that's the big question. 
if the, here's what I fear. If the Republicans win and then do nothing, this, this country is already collapsed. If the Republicans win and then we see investigations, we see subpoenas, that could be pulling, pulling us out of the tailspin and correcting the corruption of the Biden administration, of Joe Biden himself, the things his son has done, if those are investigated. If the Summer of Love riots are investigated, if the 529 insurrection is investigated, perhaps that could lead to an uprighting and, and pulling this country back together. Do you think there's an argument for the, for the convert, the, 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 the inverse of that? Yes. Of just like, let's, let's just move forward and not go back and forth between impeach oh, no, them, no, no, impeach no. them. No. If the Republicans do nothing, then the country implodes. Because, uh, if you, if, I've been doing a lot of reading about the Civil War. And one of the principal issues was that the South felt the federal government was not enforcing laws that harmed it. The North was getting to do whatever they wanted. And that's comparable to what we're seeing now with Antifa killing, you know, Antifa and BLM riding in the Summer of Love and 30 plus people being murdered, dying, David Dorn being shot in the chest. Kamala Harris fundraised for these people. Joe Biden's staff donated to bail these people out. But outside of that, you have Trump officials being raided by the feds. You have Republicans like in Nevada, the chairman, having their phone records seized. The federal government has been weaponized against their rival political party. If nothing happens, you're going to see this country get ripped apart. What's, what I think is likely to happen is, like Texas, it's already happening actually. Missouri says they're, they're a sanctuary to federal gun laws. New Hampshire just declared the same thing. California declared on immigration. They're ripping themselves apart from the, from the federal government saying you have no authority here on these issues anymore. Well, it's not, it's not overt nullification. They're saying we don't recognize the law, those laws and we will not be party to any, to assistance in enforcement of them. That's step one. What happens now? You've got all these states saying we ban official travel between these states for these things they support. The country is hyper-polarizing geographically. That's a precursor to outright statewide conflict, state, interstate uh, conflict. I think if Republicans get in and actually do something, it will be tumultuous, but maybe start correcting the problems in this country and restoring accountability. If the Republicans do nothing, confidence is lost. And without confidence, people ignore the system outright. You see this in, uh, I saw this in Sweden. A lot of people were saying the crime was being committed by refugees. It's not true. The crime was being committed by the children of refugees, people who were born in Sweden, but were considered by Swedes to be immigrants. So what happens is you have these areas like Rinkeby in Sweden. A bunch of Somali refugees move in in the 90s. Sweden says, we don't care. They form an enclave. They don't interact with the outside government. Today, their children, who have never been a part of the system, will throw bricks at cops because they don't see the cops as having any real authority. And the cops know it. That leads to total destabilization. If you get to the point in the United States where people view the government as illegitimate, like AOC said the Supreme Court's illegitimate. Several other you know, federal-level politicians have said this. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, rejected the Supreme Court ruling and said, we're going to resist this and we're going to ensure these things stay. The country at the highest level officially is being ripped apart. If that continues, you will have people in Texas saying, we don't recognize the federal government at all, and they'll completely ignore it. Already starting to happen. Texas legally allows for suppressors manufactured in Texas to be used in Texas without going through the NFA stamping process, which is a federal law. It's all, it's already begun. It can change if confidence is restored. There's a possibility that if Republicans get in and start doing things, the left reacts so violently that it's inevitable. I don't know for sure. I can only tell you 
if you read history, read, read, read the history of the Spanish Civil War, read the history of the, the Bolsheviks and, and, and Russia, you look at what's happening now, and I don't see how you can imagine this results in a peaceful process. I just don't see it. Hmm. So who's going to be the savior? Who's going to be the, who would you see as the next president to replace teleprompter? Uh, uh, President Biden. <laughs> I don't think it's D- how Donald it works. Trump. I don't think that the savior isn't the way it's going to, that's what people think is yep. that someone's going to sweep in and fix it, but it's about confidence and the, it's for the people. This, this government was built by us for ourselves and that we are running it and we have people representing us at the moment, which can be recalled. But it's confidence in ourselves, in myself. If I have confidence that my thoughts and actions are going to contribute to the betterment of society, then maybe we can write a new government. Maybe we can evolve our constitution. Do you think people have lack, are lacking confidence because they've they've realized, like I referenced before the Democratic primary, right? I, for me, there were I, I came out and supported Andrew Yang. And I think there were only two candidates who weren't rife with identity politics, and that was Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang. Mm. But it was decided by the, by the DNC. So does right. the vote, re- like people i think do you think people are just disaffected going you know what yep. it doesn't matter what i'll vote but it's gonna be decided by people higher up trump winning in 2016 is proof that it does matter you just need that title force you need people in a mass wave to go out and vote to just overrun it we also need to de uh to basically f- open up the soft the software code for whatever kind of voting machines we use like dominion Agreed. had as a proprietary uh, software and they they tally votes in secret and we don't know what the algorithm's doing we just assume hopefully it's right but we don't know and that's the problem we got to know we got to see the machines mm. in action if we want to restore confidence in the system then mm. the public should own the voting machines and the the source code should be open and available to the public and how do you change that if the you do right. it corporate so look if republicans win in november they, I, I think we will see some stuff happen because there's enough. Like the Freedom Caucus is pretty good. The Republicans who pretty much, they're doing good. Uh, in, in terms of challenging the establishment, I'm not saying that to say that all of their political ideology is good, but they're really sticking it to the establishment. If they hold out until 2024 and Donald Trump wins, it could be chaotic. It will probably be tumultuous, but it could be what we need to see accountability. I like DeSantis. But I don't think he would clean house and hold people to account the way Trump would because Trump's been slighted so heavily. I think Trump wants revenge. But that could mean... Do you think that's good? Yes. It, really to have someone who's full Motivated of Motivated by revenge. Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Donald Trump promised to drain the swamp and then he didn't. Why? Because he wasn't motivated by revenge. He said Hillary Clinton should be investigated for her emails because she destroyed something like 30,000 public records. And then he even said on stage, she goes, well, it's a good thing you're not president. And he goes, yeah, because you'd be in jail. Then he gets elected. and He goes, I'm not going to pursue Hillary Clinton because he wasn't motivated by revenge. He was motivated by, OK, look, I'm president. Let me clean things up. What he didn't realize is that behind the scenes, these people were plotting to destroy him. And we got the Russiagate hoax, the Ukraine gate hoax. And because Trump sat back thinking they would play fair, he got bounced around, smacked around and then defeated. If Trump comes back in, he's going to be like, I'm not falling for that again. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Get out. And he's going to fire all of these trash administrative state officials, the people who get hired in the intelligence agencies, who never get elected, who never rotate. They're there for 20 years and they dictate what the office does. He's going to walk in and say, everyone out. I'm done. I don't think DeSantis would do that. That's why I think there's a, there's, there's pros and cons. DeSantis, he's really good. 
He's a fighter. He's young. He's, he, he speaks better. He's got more tact. He's got military experience. He's got legal experience. All of that's really, really great. And maybe that is, you know, I, I, I'm kind of like, you know, between the two of them, I think we'll be good. I just think what we what, what would probably be a little bit better, someone coming in and cleaning house. And if Donald Trump came in office and said, listen, everyone's fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. You cross me. You cross the American people. I'll give you an example. Did you know that Donald Trump was trying to withdraw our troops from Syria and a ranking official lied to him and the American people so that we could keep troops in Syria without the American people or the president knowing? The commander in chief, duly elected, said, get our troops out. And he goes, don't worry, we got them all out. And he goes, okay. And it was a lie. That's the kind of BS game they play. So if Donald Trump got elected and all he did was say, you're fired, you're fired, everyone's fired. And then he went, I resign. I'd be I'd standing ovation if that's all he did. Uh, if he got the economy back on track like he did in 2018 and 2019, then I'd just be like, all right, you know, I'll take it. And then we can have Ron DeSantis or somebody else. And VP? I don't know who he's going to have as, as his VP. I don't I don't know if DeSantis would do it. Some people have suggested Ron DeSantis. Like a Trump DeSantis ticket is like, that's a that's a power ticket. I mean, that's victory right there. But DeSantis is too much of an alpha. I mean, he's he's a good leader. I don't see him as a VP. I, I see him as a president. And I don't know if he's going to want to be a VP. Some say he can be Trump's VP for one term, then run and win and get, you know, two more presidential terms. And that would be really great for us. So maybe that's what should happen. I don't know, though. I don't know. What do well, the VP is at a, a massively alpha position. It's just not the same alpha as the president. And there will be situations where the president can overrule you, but you're the president of the Senate, basically, if you're the right. VP. Right. That's true. Yeah. DeSantis as president of the Senate is huge. Tiebreaker and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. I don't know for sure, man. Um, one thing I will say is part of me just would prefer DeSantis because of he's just better across the board, in my opinion. But I don't know if he's going to go in and fire the people who need to be fired. That that scares me, because they'll screw they'll screw him over the same way they did Trump if he's not careful. But Trump is just going to go in and be like, "Get out." DeSantis just watched Trump get railroaded by what is essentially a permanent state, so I don't think that he would be walking into it with his eyes shut by any means. That's and true. I think that he's hard enough. He's hard as nails. That man is legit. Um, I think he would be. I think he would be able to walk in and say, "You know what." You're all fired. Every single one of you, all of the aides, all of the assistants get out. I want no one left in this White House, whatever region he's talking about. I want nothing left. You know, that might be bad because remember in Iraq when they, when, when they, when uh, my own country invaded that country and destroyed the Ba'ath Party, Saddam's political party, they basically fired them all. And then they became Al Qaeda. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it was the Taliban. But what happened, I got them mixed up because the media is like, and then there's ISIS. Oh, another one. Uh, but what happened was they fired all these political state officials, administrative state, and then they became a terrorist organization that worked like a, co- a, a covert government. And that's what, if we went in and fired every, their people, they're, human, they're like us, you know, they're sitting there, they need a paycheck, they need their families. So where would people who were fired from the White House go? I think I know exactly where they would go. They would go into the media. And I don't think the media is possible... Is it's possible for it to be any more compromised than it already is? Yeah, that's what they do. Right. Like the intelligence agents, like get jobs at MSNBC and exactly. CNN. But so what? Their ratings are in the gutter. They can, you know, you know what I'd love to see? It's like you know, five years after Trump is president or whatever, and you go to you go to see a, a movie like you know Avengers, New <laughs> Avengers, and you're like really excited, and there standing behind the counter is like a bunch of DOD officials, oh, and they're yeah. like, "Would you like butter on your popcorn, sir?" Yeah, Mark yes, Millie. put butter on my popcorn, Millie. <laughs> I think the job economy is um, 
redundant, maybe not redundant. This is the, this is a federal reserve doctrine to make sure that everyone has a job. They want people doing stuff. So like they want one guy to dig a hole, then the other guy to go fill the hole back up. And then they're going to print some fake money and then give people fake money that they're going to have to pay them back at interest. So the fed makes out the federal reserve, but they've just got people busy and it doesn't mean just because we don't have to be doing job. Like stuff has to get done, but it doesn't, the idea that everyone has to have a job is kind of has to be redefined. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree. Uh, people have to provide a service to other people in exchange for, yeah. for, for goods. Produce like momentum of some sort, whether that's your own body heat. But this is, but this, I mean, is, this is like metaverse. This is no, like world but, economic forum stuff. They talk about extra, extracting the, the heat from your piezoelectric force, like getting the human body vibrating and they're catching the electricity from the, the vibration. And they really like, they call them a useless class of people. What are we going to do with these useless people? This is, uh, you've all Noah Harari talks about this. They really I, think that, you know, bodies and vats, you know, and so and just, Greta Thunberg is wrong. She says there cannot be endless economic growth because she doesn't know what the metaverse is in digital spaces. I was playing this game on my phone where it's like you have a little golf ball and you like pull back to like change the strength and you try and punt it into like a little hole or whatever. Golfing with friends. Fun game. Is that what it's called? I don't know. There's one on Steam. No, I don't know. It's like, you know, it goes in and then you're like, yeah, I got a hole in one. And, uh, you can buy power ups. You can buy different color golf balls. There's nothing happening when I buy that golf ball for two bucks. It's just like a piece of code says, make it orange. But someone got two bucks for it. There can be endless economic growth that doesn't destroy the country through virtual spaces. That's easy. Like, if you ever played World of Warcraft or any other online video game and you sold a weapon to somebody or something, you're like, yeah, I'll trade it to you here. It's 20 bucks. Something in, like that. in a way, the job economy is kind of the way that the Federal Reserve Bank for International Settlements you know, system is making pe- making sure people aren't going crazy. They want them on the grid. They want them on paper to see like, well, they're still playing our game. They're still not sub- attempting to subvert us, but they don't have to be doing it. They just want to make sure that they're there and they're, they're able to see them. The times they are changing. I don't know, man. They are. I mean, I, you know, when you mentioned, uh, Greta, that was very good, by the way, the Greta. How dare have, you? How dare you? I mean, I think to myself, there is, there are actual experts who know about climate. And why aren't we listening to them? But, you know, are you familiar with graphene? I oh, Here we it. go. You can withdraw it from the atmosphere from the carbon dioxide. They say there's too much carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and there's too much methane. You can get it from methane too. You deposit it onto palladium and then you, you extract the carbon and then you have pure graphene powder which basically, i have right here basically you can mine the air and yeah. you can reduce carbon emissions and turn it into graphene and then use it as building materials that's blatantly obvious but we need more people talking about it in government right yeah but it doesn't serve their interest there's a meme going on nuclear power and oh, yeah. you know i mean you just look at energy i mean i've been talking with farmers recently and people in the midwest and you know they're struggling like really struggling not oh my god i'm only going to be able to get three vanilla lattes this week instead of two you know it's like they're really struggling but the the, the elite liberals they just don't seem to give a rat's ass. Am I allowed to say rat's ass? Yeah. Or should I say ass? Uh, oh yeah, that's even better. Fine, yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, it's like batting, batting uh, ambidextrously. Is that, Is that a cricket reference or a baseball reference? It was baseball. <laughs> I never played cricket before. Have you? for cricket? I have. I played when I was younger, and then revisited recently when I was in India. You know, swelling. Yes. Seamus plays stickball. 
That's right. Tell That's us about right. that, Seamus. I, I don't even know what that is. Say something witty about stickball. Stick yeah. There's just nothing. I know. I'm hey, sorry. You guys want to play stickball? You guys want to go over? Hey, to let's play go to Super Jets. You guys want to go to Super Jets? If you haven't already. Would you kindly smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends, and head over to TimCast.com to become a member. In the top right of the screen is a little sign-up button. We're going to have a members-only show coming up at about 11 p.m. tonight. You don't want to miss it. We do that Monday through Thursday. Let's read what y'all have to say. All right, Dr. Rollergator. He says, hi, Greg. You're the best. There you go. You're the best. Thank you, Dr. Rollergator. I hope you're back on Twitter. He got banned from yeah, Twitter. he's still yeah. not back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe once Elon gets in, it'll be like, you know that scene in Avengers when they open all the portals and everyone comes out to fight Thanos? <laughs> I hope so. Elon's voting Republican, apparently. I know. Yeah. I know. Ooh, he's going to get can. Has he been canceled yet? They're trying. He hasn't yeah. tweeted in a week. Oh, yeah. oh wow. They're yeah. trying hard. Yeah. Yeah. Could all he right. be put in Twitter jail? <gasps> Maybe. Ooh, I don't know. By, I anyway. Yeah. Technically, yeah. All right. Let's see. John Kirsten says, Tim, great showing against Ben Burgess when a high school dropout intellectual uh, intellectual destroys a so-called professor of physiology, of, of physiology, philosophy. Uh, he's, he's a professor of philosophy, not physiology. And you mean intellectually destroys or a high school job about intellectual? I'm not sure, but I get what you're saying. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was great. Um, he's referring to, I mean, I'll just put it this way. Um, I'm glad we did the event and I'm glad Ben was there. Ben perfectly exemplified the corporate press versus the independent media in that his position was my ideology is good. Therefore, your reporting harms that, meaning your reporting bad. Whereas James and I are both like, is X true? Very big difference and very easy for people to understand. So I appreciate him going there because I'm sure he thinks he's right and that's fine. And I'm sure many people agree with him. And I'm sure there are many people who can see exactly what the point James and I are trying to make. Is a thing true? Doesn't re- it's not relevant to the ideologues. All is he matter. saying is X, is he saying it doesn't matter if X is true because you're coming from a place of W or or P that doesn't come before X? Like you just it doesn't the, matter. Your framework if, is wrong. It doesn't matter if what you're saying is true because you made a video attacking unions and your goal was to hurt my ideology. Okay. And my attitude is like, is X true? I don't care about your ideology. Mm-hmm. And James's attitude is like, is a thing true? I feel like uh, James is very just anti-establishment and, and, and anti-authoritarian. And so when the establishment is dominated by the left, they assume like he must be a conservative. Uh, he's probably a conservative. But um, I'm like going after Google and Facebook. I'm like, are those are those left wing organizations? Yes, apparently so. Well, then so be it. The nice thing is, though, is he tends to, I don't think, he doesn't really go after stuff as much as people come to him when something crazy right. happens. Yeah, like the Amy Rohrbeck stuff, the Epstein mm. stuff. Mm. It's like, was that a conservative thing? He just did a, a sting operation on a Republican. And I'm like, do any of these lefties know that he just secretly recorded in a Republican, you know, field campaign office or something? Like, whatever. I'd like to get Ben and James together to follow up on that. I'm not sure that will happen. Maybe not, but it would be nice because I thought it was rushed. Ben was kind of, you know, wasn't expecting the conversation and it'd be cool to go deeper. All right. Thick Hummadog says, Tim, next time you're in Austin, schedule with Drinkin' Bros. Your episode with Dan was great and many of their listeners would subscribe to you too. Next time I'm in Austin, if it's on the weekend, because I work all weekdays. Cliff Lee says, at the Mines event, I was sitting in front of the guy screaming, fire Tim Pool. Was was someone screaming that? I don't know. (laughs) And I have the whole video from Zimmerman. I can show it to you right now. Said he works for Vox. Asked him to show me the video. He declined. 
I didn't hear anybody yell anything like that, so I don't It was know. at a different panel. He was very oh, was confused. It? No, I'm kidding. It I probably was, because yeah. I don't think anybody yelled like, unless like, we can't hear him. Fire, Tim Pool. Fire him from what? Fire, yeah, yeah, exactly. Tim Pool. Like, what is- There's a comma there, you know. Yeah. Fire, Tim Pool. <laughs> you know? I thought you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. It's like the, um, really oh, oh, all time. remember the Lionel Hutz uh, Simpsons joke? Where That's the, right. The, what That's what did the card say? It was like. Let me look that up. Yeah, look up. That one was really funny. But he drew in the commas to change what it said. It was it was it was a good moment. Yeah, um, did you find it? It says works on contingency, no money down, and then after, it's works on contingency question, question mark, mark no, no comma <laughs> money down. <laughs> no okay, question mark. This guy didn't have the punctuation in there. All right. Kennedy Anarchist says, Tim, regarding your plan to launch small shows for the Timcast banner, there's a YouTube channel I found called The Meaning of Nerd. His stuff is really good, and I think you'll like him for his uh, uh, for this idea of yours. I think he even made a video on your song once. I think I did see that. It was very good. We'll check it out. All right. Contrary says, hey, Tim, hope you're well. Wanted to say you should invite comedian Christopher Titus and his crew. I feel you both could get into some good debate. Um... I mean, we could. There's a challenge. I, I I feel like I could be wrong about this, but isn't he just like um, just virtue signaling on Twitter? Like he doesn't really know what he's talking about? Yeah, that's Twitter. Pretty much. Well, oh, I don't know if he is or not. No, I mean like there are some people who make an argument left or right. And then there are some comedians and celebrities who just post regurgitated nonsense. Very TDS. Yeah. So I don't know if like. Yeah, but d- let's not let Twitter stop us from communicating with I've people. I've heard him argue with Steven Crowder. He's not a nice guy. Oh, okay. Well, I don't, I, like. I've seen his show in the 90s and I thought it was relatively interesting. Didn't he get like one season that was canceled? Yeah, or probably. Yeah. Titus, it was called. Yeah. I haven't heard his name since the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Or a couple times. All right. Brian David says, is there a practical difference between Maximilian Robespierre and Karl Marx? I mean, Karl Marx was like a spoiled racist rich kid, rich kid who was like writing his, you know, ideology and Robespierre was like, I want to kill everybody. So. Not at first. At first he was the man of the people. All about freedom. And down with the monarchy, and we're going to change this for the better. He's a lawyer. Here's and then he was just like, almost everyone who tells you they're like a man of the people yeah. and love humanity is. Uh, he went that's off with their head. You guys got to look into Robespierre. He was the the downfall, the, both the inception and the downfall of the French Revolution. I think it's uh, a line from Dostoevsky, but he says something like, "The more I love humanity, the more I love man as a whole, the less I care for him as an individual." Something like that. Oh, wow. It's like that's exactly how these people are. I love humanity in the abstract, but they treat everyone around them horribly, and they're find quote-unquote cracking a few eggs to make the omelet right nick v says can you touch upon the nude men exposing themselves at pride parades around the country this month this month have you ever been to a pride event this has been going on my entire life i've been a bunch i was i I fundraised for organizations at pride events yeah that's a common occurrence i'm talking about it's not a dystopia this is just reality it's always been like this now it's televised as long as i've been alive these events have always included overt sex acts. I, I should say, like, I've never seen people performing activities on each other. They've simulated them. So I should say hmm. simulated Did sex Did you acts. see the guy with the big penis head? I didn't know. I saw the Putting naked guy with the, with the sock on his parts and his... <laughs> uh, is John Thomas, as we call it, from where I'm from. Yeah, I used to go to Gay Pride occasionally in, in West Hollywood. And, you know, there, yes, there was all that going on. I, mean, I remember seeing kids. That's that's you the. You don't remember seeing kids. I don't remember seeing kids, but that might have just been my my lens, not you know. But recently, I There's mean, a lot of kids there. 
it seems to be more that way, yeah. you know, and, and it's not, you know, I, I worry for, you know, there are certain things that our kids shouldn't be, mm-hmm. you know, but then again, you know, who is, is it up to me or is it up to the parent of the kids, you know, and ultimately it is. Oh yeah. I look agreed. The issue is that as a culture, we've lost any sense of direction and parents don't care about what their kids are being exposed to and there's no values. So, and those that do care don't get, I mean, you look at Loudoun County, those that do care don't really have a say and they've found out what's, what's, what their kids are being taught and it's not good. You know, the education system is pretty flawed, I would say, here in uh, the United States of America, which I love, but you know. Um, yeah, the know. public schooling system's just built to make factory workers for the most part. Oh, I mean, well, you, I mean, so I think it was six, six seven years ago, phenomenological-based learning was introduced mm-hmm. in Finland, you know, the world leader in, in education. And then a couple of years ago, they introduced critical thinking into the, the, the curriculum rather than critical race theory. It's like, mm-hmm. let's teach our kids how to, how to critically think. And mm-hmm. let's teach our kids how to think, not tell them what to think. You know, that's important. Yeah. You made a point. You mentioned that you th- you know felt it was maybe a little ironic that you love this country and hate the educational system. I think that's perfectly consistent. I, our system is downright un-American, and ironically enough, all the values yeah. it promotes are, are like totally antithetical to what this country is supposed to be about and what it's supposed to yeah, mean. It was and built around even, the time they established the Federal Reserve, the the, the bankers and you know investitures. Mm-hmm. We've got Tony Secchia saying, "What do you think of the leaked Project Veritas audio of SC Senate candidate Crystal Matthews?" Chris, Crystal or Crystal? I think it's Crystal. Crystal? It's spelled like Crystal. Matthew's calling for drug money, far left sleepers and fraud. Did you guys see this one? Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like, dude, that. we're, we're uh, crazy. Was... She's, she's a leaked audio where she's calling someone saying they need sleepers in the Republican Party to destroy them. Oh, yes. Yeah, crazy. I just saw that. Yeah, that's. And who was she? The girl that was calling? Senate candidate. Senate. Yeah. Yeah, the, what, it, it they was were asking that. I mean, she was. She said that, but she also said, like, you know, basically, I don't care, you know. And she, anyway, I'm not going to say what she said because you can Bad check stuff. it out. It People can good. find it. Last yes. time, last right, time they asked for a sleeper, they got Joe Biden. Ah, all right. Nick B right. says, "Do you know that Tim does a great Captain Sparrow impression?" Let's I didn't know that. Oh, I did not know the idiot. He's Let's saying you drink it, too Tim. much. Oh well, <laughs> Tim Pool, I want to hear it from you. I actually but, drank. I had, I think, an ounce of champagne. Oh, no, 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 no. I had a glass because we were filming. And oh, I had to, cause we were doing it all day. starts with that little white lie. <laughs> white lie. I'm, I'm just, not outright saying I drank. It just starts with one. Just first it was a little bit. Now it's a whole glass. Now it's a whole glass. What's happening? Well, Why are you misrepresenting the amount you drank? It was two glasses. Two glasses. <laughs> like two, two big ones. Basically a bottle. A bottle. Yeah. So well, I mean like, you know, two bottles. It was like a couple bottles. I just chugged them. It was No, I had like a glass. I had like uh like a glass. I would say a full glass. We were filming a thing where we had to like party. It was fun. You but were filming and you were drinking alcohol? Yeah, we had a limo and there was champagne in the limo. So we were filming and we had to like crack uh, it open and pour it. Because ordinarily when we film, we film with, you know, it's not, and it's alcohol. We wouldn't drink alcohol. But you saw that as an opportunity to be method. You were a method actor. Well, I yeah. mean, we didn't have any <laughs> fake booze in the Okay, in the fair enough. <laughs> the crazy thing is we got a limo and had Bud Light. It's like yeah. 9 a.m. and Seamus was like, I'll have a beer at 9 a.m. And I was like, Seamus. <laughs> Alice, well, Allison and I were like, this is insane that there's alcohol in a moving vehicle. Like, when are you ever going to have that opportunity to be like, oh, we'll have a sip of a moving vehicle. That's and then Seamus crazy. was like, we're degenerates. And then I was like, this is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever thought. <laughs> 
9 a.m. It's kind of crazy, <laughs> though, too. Beer. Also, I was like, look, I know that Tim spent a lot on this limo. We got to take advantage of it. The beer yeah, cost yeah, extra, yeah. Seamus. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you would have told me that, Tim, wouldn't have had any. All right, let's see. Nick S. says, Tim, you broke your wrist demanding pictures of Spider-Man, didn't you? Uh, Carter did what's called a Misty Flip into our new airbag. It's a front flip and a 180. So he like front flips and then lands going backwards. And then I went up behind him and just did a, like a basic jump. But then I slipped out and fell and busted both of my wrists. Can you see the palm of my hand? Oh, yeah. It's, kind of it's all red. Yeah. Well, no, no. All the red scrapes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I've got like, it's like bleeding. Did you get the fall on video? No. Dang. Boop. Yeah, my brother was filming and he filmed Carter do the front flip 180. And then I was like, I just went up and went around. I was just doing a, just jump in the gap. And then I slammed and I was like, well, at least did you get any? He was like, oh no, I wasn't filming. Gotta I was film like, the crashes too. You gotta film yes, all of it, man. For posterity. Fireblade says, thank you. Thanks for your support of JK Rowling, Mr. Ellis, and your voice work in Dragon Age was astounding. I'll always be a colonite. Oh, you were, were, were did you voice Dragon and Dragon, Dragon Age Inquisition? Yeah, the, in all the Dragon Age series, I, I'm the voice of uh, Commander. Well, in fact, in the, in the first game, I think it was Anders, but for the preceding games, it was Colin, Commander Colin Rutherford. Oh. And um, I it was actually, you know, they're referencing the colonites. I created for the fan base. I created what I call the colonites, and um, J.K. would would post these pictures these drawings illustrations by young kids and i thought that was marvelous and uh, i and her show Ali supported jk so it was a couple of years ago myself and clancy brown is an actor you probably saw him in the shawshank redemption as captain hadley and various other movies i i just basically said i you know support strong women like jk rowling and and i and her Shirley. and then and and clancy retweeted that and suddenly we were transphobes and racists and wow. a, a whole bunch of things so um, yeah, it was quite odd, but, uh, yeah, JK Rowling's quite an, uh, a, a, a very successful woman, and shouldn't we be cheering successful women, or is that, um, a bad thing be. to do? Um, yeah. yeah, well, you know, she's a great author, but I don't know about screenplays. I wasn't a fan of the, the Fantastic Beasts series. Did she write, I didn't know, because she, she did, she doesn't write all the Harry Potter screenplays, does she? I don't think she does. No. She wrote the books, and then they were, yeah. I could be wrong, though. But uh Dragon Age Inquisition, amazing game. Yeah. One of my favorites. I haven't played it in a Origins while, was spectacular too, I thought. That When's the cool. next one coming out? I, I, I don't know. I read about it was one. I won't is be there, in it. You won't be in it? No, I'm not gonna be in it. Is is there a reason why? Like, um they canceled Well you? that whole situation no they can't well they the fan base is pretty, you know, uh well, they were very strong in their opinions, and they, you know, believed that I was this rabid transphobe <laughs> and uh, racist, and um, and I went toe to toe with it. It was actually a producer called Mark Dar. I think it was Mark Dara, and he would he would find these little uh, Twitter threads and post that uh, Bioware's values uh, are need to be are reflected in our games. And when we announced the voiceover, I'm thinking. You like your values because I've worked with this company for many and this man for many years. So I called him out, and of course, you know that just got me the eye. He didn't hire you again after that. I well, you, here's the out? thing: it's not where he didn't hire me. I wouldn't have done the game anyway. Good for you. You know, I don't you. have yeah, a con- I don't have a franchise contract, and I yeah. never said I've never said this till now. Yeah, yeah. It's like I wouldn't want to work with him and yeah. that company. It's like you know, it's you, you don't get to. To, to, to go around and just besmirch people's character and infer that I am the very thing that a few people have called me are. Yeah. I know who I'm not. So shut your gob. Uh, if you want to talk, you know, he could have come, he could have had a private message with me. He could have emailed me, he could have called yep. me, he could have said, you know, and of course the irony is that, you know, there's so many people who are getting 
fired in companies like that because of inhumane resources, because identity politics devours itself. So, and people are afraid in my, my industry in Hollywood to speak about it because you speak about it, then suddenly, oh, you're one of them. Well, you know what? There isn't a them and us. There's, there's a whole populace of people with different and varying opinions on different subjects and issues. And let's have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, well, you made a point about the fact that he didn't reach out to you in private and that's that kind of thing is so scummy to go to right. the public with an issue that you have with a person who you know before speaking with and them it wasn't even it. in public as well it was like little private little twitter threads and the, this kind of stock mm. statement from the company was coming up i'm like don't do that yeah don't rip yourself apart for politics i bioware is such a good development company from for like right 20 i mean the Baldur's gate this is like black isle entertainment i think they worked with back in the day yeah. To see it get to lose its best voice talent because the voice acting video games are are merging with movies. Interactive movies are the future of entertainment, and you need a good voice actor. If you don't have good voice acting, don't do voice acting. You need it. It is casting your your stars. And man, politics aside, get the best actors. I, I agree. It's all. It, 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 who is the best person for the job? And with that situation, but I love working with Bioware. I love. I've done over 130 video games and quite a few with them. I love working with them. It was this this loud minority of rabid fans who just wanted to create this furor about me and label me as as someone I wasn't. And then the what dis was disappointed was the company, this huge corporation who made billions of dollars in this game, didn't either just stay silent or reach out to me privately and go, hey, you know what, this is a bit, uh, and went after me with like on little. T- I'm like, you just know, you know, character. You know what. We are developing a video game, and we will be kind enough to give you a speaking role in it. <gasps> what character will I play? So it's we not. Can't tell that, you. It's not that kind of game. I'm half kidding. It's a, it's it's like a it's like a platformer role like game. It's very simple. Yeah. What? Oh, the library. Hell? No, no. Yeah, it, should, it should be the chickens. So <laughs> South Park is famous for whenever they get a celebrity guest, they make them do like a dog or right, a chicken. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, but we are making a video game. We'll we'll, we'll show you. It's nothing like Dragon Age. It's uh, it's like a top-down platformer roguelike game, so it's like a cool. guy. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because it's yep. not. But we we got a lot of stuff developed on it. It's pretty fun so far, and then we'll we'll show it to you. I there's no real voice roles or anything in it. It's just like, you know, maybe any, grunts and jumps. Do you have any gigs lined up that you can talk about in the gaming industry? Do you know what the gaming industry has become so NDA heavy? Mm. Um, mm. There's one I'm working on right now. Given the current conversation, I would love. I've been working on it for two years. I would love to talk about it. I can't, um, but hopefully at some stage I'll be able to. Um, oh, awesome. They are, you know, I've, I've voiced about thirty so far, thirty-two characters. It's a, a very successful, well-known in one game. Yeah. Whoa. Um, the weirdest thing is when you get because I do. I've done a lot of cartoons. Is it like thirty-two brothers or something? Or no, no, all completely yeah. different voices. Yeah. Wow. Um, it is is when you have a conversation with yourself in 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 animation in a scene. Um, so you might be doing two or three characters. Yeah. So you actually read through the two or three patterns very fast, and you switch from voice to voice and inflect it. Oh, is wow. that something you do? Shane? Yeah. 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 So I have a small business in animation production, and we run a channel called Freedom Tunes, and I, mm. I basically do all the voices, except for small Tim Wilgust is. is well, so Freedom Tunes is one of the things we do, but we, we basically have um, – there's a couple other clients we serve. Like Freedom Tunes is the – it's like sort of what I put my heart and soul into. Yeah. Do almost all the voices. So yeah, that is fun. It's tough, though, because like sometimes you almost want to do the voices separately, so you like keep – 
the exact because when you're switching from voice to voice, sometimes the voice like loses a little that's bit sign of, of that sign. That's the yeah. sign of a great, a, a good professional voice actor. Many people can do it for a few seconds or mm-hmm. a sentence or two mm-hmm. as wrote and learning. But how can you stay in character? How yeah, can you keep yeah. that? You know. Yeah, exactly. Whatever's the kind of voice you're doing, you know, yeah, you have yeah. to stay with it for a while. You <laughs> can't just kind of say, hello, Timpool, how are you? Actually, very are you good. You're doing impersonations. That's very uh, now, impersonations are not, there are guys in the, in the video, in, in the video game and voiceover world who are amazing, like the, uh, Jeff Bennett and Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche, oh, yeah, Robin, Robin, and, uh, Robin, yeah. Robin, uh, Maurice of the voice of Pinky in the Brain. Frank Welk is another one, uh, he, a living legend, a true living legend of voiceover. Um, impersonations is not, and then there's people like d bradley baker who's the monster oh, yeah. and creature sound like everywhere with uh, d for years he was also batman wasn't he um did he do no batman? no that was diedrich bader i did oh, ba- right, i did right, the right. series with uh diedrich the um batman the brave and the bowl i think was yes, called where was. i played yeah, the gentleman ghost and uh, cavalier and dr fate and dr fate was kind of like this dr fate, only the fan of dr fate can save you <laughs> um yeah so, but many of these voices, they just come in the moment. They will just say, mm-hmm. okay, we've got three more characters. Uh, uh, we're on page 29. Uh, uh, it's, uh, uh, what's it, Mr. Mind or Professor Mind? I forget that. I'm going to upset all of the people. Um, it's a, it's a classic Warner Brothers character, but the, you have to just come up with a voice in the moment. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and kind of go to your Rolodex or library of voices and just kind of, kind of see, you see, sometimes you get an, an image of the, the character and you'll have a little character breakdown. And, you know, what do you see? What, what's the, what's your interpretation in your, in your mind? Yeah, I'm the voice of Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci and, and but he's not really prominent in the media anymore. Not anymore. So, you know, so how does he sound right now? Because he's got COVID, doesn't he? Uh, um, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I can do Fauci these days. It's been a long time. It's been, it's been too long. It's, been too long. I, it's funny you mentioned that. That's always been one of the struggles for me. Like, I have a number of established characters with unique voices, but like coming up with a new voice for a random side character is tough. And we do like, so for the Freedom Tunes channel, we do a cartoon every week, sometimes two. And so I'm not always able to like throw everything into a brand new voice and end up reusing them. But one thing I have found really helps me, and this is a tip I, I heard uh, a voice actor say in an interview, is doing an impression badly and it ends up sounding like its own new unique voice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. There was one show I did, Transformers, where I came onto the show. It had already been recorded, and the great Tim Curry was the voice of Dr. Morocco in Transformers, the animated rescue bots, it was called. And he got sick, and he couldn't carry on. And the voice director kind of knew that I might be able to match him. And his, his kind of said, Dr. Morocco, yeah, an yeah. kind of voice. And it was almost like three voices in one, yeah. where he goes nasally there, and then, yeah. no, of Dr. Morocco. <laughs> um, that was Kamala Harris as Dr. Morocco. Uh, <laughs> so, so, like, how can you, like, like, almost like a bad impersonation or somewhat good impersonation of someone famous? Mm. Yeah, mm. pulling, pulling from that. Yeah. All right, let's read some more. We got, um, Evangelize, uh, Evangelize to the World says, Hey, it's Commander Giles Price. Red Alert 3 is a fantastic game. Love the cheesy scenes. <laughs> wow, Red Alert. I remember that. That was, uh, we filmed that. I filmed that in costume. It was rare for a video game. Getting in costume with camera and, and actually filming like a, like a, I guess like a movie and doing scenes and that's rare in, in video Yeah, games. it was like one of the first games I remember having. Oh, did you play? You played it. Command and Conquer, Red Alert. See, I haven't All played hardly course. any of the games that I've, I've. I remember going to a Dragon Age convention and playing with myself, 
The, the character, I mean, not playing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and with the fans, <laughs> it, was, it was. I was like, "Wow, this game is." Because I you grew up on asteroids and stand-up video arcade mm-hmm. games like Defender, Track and Field, and all you know, Pac-Man, and uh, so to see the the how it had become like the games are phenomenal. I think to a degree that 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 kind of bridge between the virtual uh, reality of being in a video game with its own set of belief systems and values. How and and particularly with uh, the younger generation disappearing into those games and device dependency, how do you get your value system back in the real world? It must be challenging at times because you can get lost in that video game. It's so believable. Oh yeah, right? Dragon Age was amazing. Let's just raise as many as we can. We can get some more super chats in. Cringe Inc says, "Did you see Dankula's troll tweet earlier today? Justice Dankula was comedy gold." So Count Dankula, that was very funny. Photoshopped Dankula, an image for his Twitter profile of him wearing a judge's robe with like nice hair, changed his name to Justice Dankula, That's right. and started tweeting things like uh, he, he said, "I hereby declare the itty bitty titty committee to be a terrorist organization," <laughs> and people thought he was actually a Supreme Court justice. And they're tweeting at him like, "You'll regret what you did overturning Roe v. Wade" or stuff like that. And it's just remarkable exposing these people. Having no idea what they're protesting. They, it's, it was like a, it's Dankula? There's no Supreme Court justice named Dankula. <laughs> but they thought it was true. That's there is Dank now. Weed, by the yeah, way. That's the whole joke. Dankula. It was amazing. I, I thought it was fantastic. All right, let's grab some more. Pursuit of Happiness says, Tim, according to the Fraser Institute, West Virginia ranks 47th in economic freedom in the U.S., beating only New York, California, and Vermont. Help us change this. I will. I've actually, um, I found some things in West Virginia to be, to be restrictive, which is surprising, but it's yeah. better than Maryland. That is surprising. I had no idea they ranked that low. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, what is their criteria for economic freedom? Because hmm. we've been setting up, like, the new headquarters, like, it's so easy relative to other places I've been. Well, that's because you're breaking the law, though. That's oh, the- yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't do that. Like, nope. we waited six months for an internet permit. Oh my goodness. Yep. An internet permit. And they were to, supposed to, to wait to build, 12. To build an internet line. Oh. It's been six months. And then they're finally like, it's been approved. And now it's like, but we have no materials. It's like, wow. Oh so my. we could have the new HQ built within the next two months and have no internet and not be able to, to move until we get set up. Hmm. Hear that, yeah. Elon? So that's Oh, we have Starlink. Oh, we really? Yeah, it's just not good enough. Yeah. Hear so that, Elon? We, we do have, we do have two Starlink. <laughs> we have two Starlink. And we can bond them together for a whopping eight megabits up. Huh. Starlink bondage is not enough. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Not enough. And I, we, I, I would be surprised if we actually got eight because we're going to have two relatively cl- two satellites relatively close together or two dishes. And you're probably going to get a marginal return by bonding the two of them. When you talk about more than one Starlink, do you say Stars Link or Starlinks? Attorney's General? What? Attorney's <laughs> General. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's grab some more. Calvin Ramsey says, Tim, you claim that Biden is a puppet and reads note cards, which is true, but then ho- hoist the idea that he's mumble in order out of a rat confused. Uh, I, I didn't say he was a puppet. We talked about him reading the cards, but having people give you cards to explain what you're supposed to do doesn't mean that you're working for someone. I think it's likely that Joe Biden, like people are watching him being like, 
I don't care what he says or does. It's not. It's, I'm not him. He's responsible for it. He's taking the fall for everybody. Also, are these the cards we're talking about? With like you sit in the chair. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. That's mm. not working for someone. That's like having an aide. If you're working for someone who's telling you to do that, that is horrific micromanagement. Like you sit in that chair and shake that. It's just do you the think so? Do you think that as president, you you do need a little direction? You do need to know at certain points. Okay, this is the moment you do this. Otherwise, because you have to get through the criteria of the day and and. Yeah, I just I think he needs a lot of direction, which is the oh, difference. Genius. I agree. Like a president does need a little direction. This guy, I don't even know where to begin. All right, let's see. Jake Turbin says, "Send out a super chat earlier. Just want my name read on here for my wife." Ha ha! Congratulations. There you go. I don't know you guys. Says, dude, Ian, you need to chill on your Adderall hate. Some of us legitimately have very hard time with executive uh, executive function without it. Do you think it's ethical to give fourteen year olds amphetamines? I don't. I want to hear from the guy that just made that tweet. What was his Garant, name? Uh, um, I don't know you guys. Was yeah, I don't know you guys. Garant says, Bioware is a zombie wearing the skin of its founders, the doctors. It's a bloody, horrible video game company now that couldn't write a meaningful sentence, let alone a paragraph. How do you really feel? Yeah. yeah, yeah right. pretty brutal. <laughs> wow. That's sad. Did they do that? Uh, what was that one game that flopped really bad? Oh, what was it? I can't think. It was a space game. You know what I'm talking about? Which one? Oh, No Man's Sky? Is that? No, no, that was no. bad though. They, but flopped, they recovered No Man's Sky. It's way better now. No, mm. there was some video game about like people in outer space and there were aliens or something and like everyone was making Math Blasters. That game was awesome. <laughs> that one. Math um, Blaster when the aliens are trying yes. to take your castle over. And you have to solve the math equations. Oh, that yeah. doesn't, that doesn't sound exciting. Math Blaster. You know what? Oh, well, as number, a kid, when you went muncher. to the computer lab, yeah, number like, is hot. <laughs> Crack the teeth <laughs> on the wrong, on the wrong answer. <laughs> number Muncher. Dude, um, Bioware did Shadows, Baldur's Gate and Baldur's yeah. Gate 2. Did you guys play those? Huh. The most, one of the greatest video games ever made at that really? point in history. If you like role playing games, yeah. Baldur's Gate changed the world. It was mm. like the introduction of Dungeons and Dragons into like a top down isometric video game all right we're going to go to the members only show so head over to timcast.com and become a member to help support our work and you will get access to the exclusive members only show which will be up at about 11 p.m don't forget to smash that like button subscribe to this channel share the show if you like it you can follow the show at timcast irl you can follow me personally on timcast follow uh, follow both follow both accounts on instagram greg do you want to shout anything out uh yeah the respondent.com um that was uh, that's really the place for everything to do with the respondent my book the respondent exposing the cartel of family law um that has information about my charity cpu children and parents united uh we're helping find relief for people stuck in the family law court system and uh calling out those who make false allegations of uh dv as recently happened with uh johnny depp and amber heard um and my twitter ellis greg I'm Seamus Coughlin of Freedom Tunes. We have a new website. It's called freedomtunes.com. If you go over there for five bucks a month, you will get an extra cartoon each week. You'll also be supporting independent content. You'll also get behind the scenes stuff as well. I want to mention we did a video on Friday, which the audience has really seemed to enjoy. It's five minutes long. Uh, it's, it's me reviewing pro-choicers and pro-abortion people freaking out over the Supreme Court decision. There is a 12 minute long version of that behind our paywall, far extended. So go over to freedomtunes.com if you want to see that. I love you all. I'm really glad you're go- looking so deep into family law. I've been really harping on no-fault divorce these mm. days and recently found out that the it was basically the Russian revolutionaries, the communist Lenin and his friends that established no-fault divorce, you know, what easy way to break up the family. Really 
Oh, it's new, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good point, and it's just been introduced in the UK, um, and many oh, people think it's a good thing, and no. it's not a good thing. And, you know, w- w- there, I was saying before the show, there's a reason that, you know, America is the world leader mm-hmm. in children growing up in single-parent households. Mm-hmm. We have 4,000 children a day losing a parent in family law courts. The states are reimbursed $6,000 for every child they place, that they place into foster care. Um, law enforcement is incentivized by stop grants to keep the children in foster care and then bonuses to move them into adoption uh, and all of this started or much of it started in 1974 by the um, twistedly named uh, Violence Against Women Act which was Joe Biden's um, legislation and they've just mm. renewed that and yeah it's it, it's a horrific situation for so many families across America and it's only going to get worse in the UK. Just to point out your uh, your book again where can people get it? Um, they can find it at therespondent.com they can also find it uh, at any good bookseller um, online or otherwise and we also have I, I should mention the community the respondent community which I've started which is a safe space for people who are who are stuck in the divorce trap or um, have been alienated from their children or children alienated from their parents um, and really just giving some hope I think is that's why I wrote the book I didn't want to write the book I had to write the book um, and to let you know a lot of a lot of people who are stuck in the system know that they're, they're not alone um, you know, the, the, you know, the other day I had a phone call from, well, I got an email, I get emails every day, but it was an email from a, a vet. Uh, he, he was, he lost his arms and his legs in an IED. He's laying in hospital and he gets served a, f- a false allegation of, of domestic violence. I call it the silver bullet of domestic violence. Wow. He comes back to America in a wheelchair, no arms, no legs. And for the last eight years, he's been fighting himself, representing himself in family court and he's homeless. Th- these stories are not you know, random stories. There are tens, if not hundreds of thousands of, of, of people, parents, mostly forsaken fathers and dads or spouses that are going through this. And a lot of women and mothers too. And are, are, for some reason, it's the national health emergency that nobody seems to be talking about. Because if we can bring jurisprudence and the presumption of innocence into family law, we can provide parents and families the same rights that criminals, terrorists, pedophiles, murderers get. And you would think that families should have that in America of all places. Uh, this isn't a left versus right issue. This is a fundamental human rights issue. Um, and this is what I talk about a lot of the time. And, and hopefully we can bring about change. We are bringing about change. We've got some, you know, I've been working with the legislature in Ohio. We're bringing in 50-50 shared parenting there. It's the third state to do that. Wow. Uh, we're going to move to Missouri next and then Oklahoma and, and, and keep going. But there's so much work to be done. So the respondent and the respondent community is is the place for people, anyone interested in that, to help out. Thanks, man. Wow. That, I just want to say, it's like the most important thing anyone has said all show, and it came to the very <laughs> end, which is yeah. why you want to watch to the end, folks. That's right. Go watch yeah, it all the way through to the end. Yeah, his book looked really amazing. He also got Johnny Depp and Alec Baldwin to endorse it, which is really interesting combination of people. Um, so yeah, go ahead and go over and check that out for sure. That sounds really important. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Minds.com at Sarah Patchlitz and uh, uh, me. All right, everybody. We will see you all over at TimCast.com. Thanks for hanging out. Bye, guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.